Hello and welcome to the Optional Podcast, episode number 206 for the week of May 4th, 2020. The Optional Podcast is a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment recorded each week from New York City and bounce around cables and satellites all around the world. And right into your listening device of choice, as always, I'm Paul Tamayo and I'm here with my co-host, Cam Brewster. Hola. What's good, bro? Chilling, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to talk some video games. And uh, this week, we have a wonderful guest who's joining us, uh, the one and only Natalie Flores, weekend writer at Fanbyte, contributor at Pace Magazine, freelance writer extraordinaire. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Hi. Hola. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, been, a, been a fan of your work for a while now, so super glad Thank to have you, you on the show. Step I'm in so the, happy uh, the to podcast. be chatting with y'all. Yes. Word, word. We appreciate it. Um, how have you guys been? How's quarantine treating uh, the two of you? I guess it could be better, could be worse. I think that tends to go for most of us. Uh, yeah, it's it's all right. It could be better, it could be worse. It's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good like way the to perfect sum it up. explanation for. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Seriously, like, it is what it is. Word, Cam. What you been up to? Uh, just working, fighting off. Uh, the urge to like push people onto the train tracks oh my god because people are <laughs> I wasn't you won't do it because that. you're not going outside like a responsible no, yeah. person exactly well i i have to go outside because i'm a yeah like worker, in groups yeah 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 <laughs> yeah but i see people out all the time just chilling with no and, masks uh, here in new york they just um they're like opening parks um they did all the state parks so you can just like walk through again yeah apparently there's a photo in uh central park of like people just chilling like in large numbers which is like yeah. <sighs> and new york has rate, pretty much had it the worst right at least in terms yeah. of like places like queens and the bronx and like neighborhoods that are rather impoverished from yeah, what i know sure. it, communities of color especially communities of immigrants have been hit the hardest out of everyone else in the nation so it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, the blatant just disregard for those communities, and uh, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, yeah it's just it's so strange. it's oh, like yeah. that. That's the part of it that's getting to me these days. It's less about like being inside and like it's just seeing how dumb people are and how like they actually really don't care about the workers and the medical professionals and all that stuff. So it's oh, just really like mentally don't. frustrating. No. Yeah. yeah, my mom no, works it, at Publix and. Uh, a while ago, not even when it was at its worst, she had a customer. She was talking to her bagger, and the customer that she was checking out items from, he was like, can you not talk on top of my items because you're going to get them contaminated? And she was Jeez. just like, okay. And it it's so much just for grocery workers. I can't even imagine the frustration and the anger healthcare officials have to yeah. deal with, seeing people just absolutely not deal with the fact that they should stay home for a few more weeks and we could flatten the curve, but it's a whole shit. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a long road. That's why when the stats started coming out that like, Oh, the, you know, the, the rates are going down and like things are evening out. I'm like, don't tell anybody this. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Hold on to that information uh, at the very least, like worded it a little differently or something. But, yeah. uh, exactly. Now we yeah, got nah. Karen's out on the streets being like, um, <laughs> listen, I need to get my hair cut. I, my roots. Yeah, I'm exactly. Not essential workers. Uh, my haircut is more essential, and it's like God, it's wild, <sighs> wild times we live in. 
But uh, the good news is we have a ton of games to at least keep our asses inside, washing our hands and uh, social distancing like we should be doing. Um, So, Natalie, since you are our guest, our esteemed guest, I'm going to have you go first. And also, I'm genuinely curious about Valorant because I haven't had a chance to get a key yet and I don't want to even bother doing like the Twitch thing. I just like... At oh yeah, this you point have to like watch Twitch, right? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's, <laughs> it's a principal so thing for me bad. at this My point. My best friend was yeah. watching Twitch for four straight days until she got a code. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I don't care about any of these streamers, but I need my code. <laughs> yeah, it just like turns everybody into a like click farm. But yeah. um, yeah, tell us about Valorant. Yeah, so Valorant is the sort of I see it compared a lot to Overwatch, but from what I hear, it's more like Counter Strike in terms of, I mean, apparently some of the guns are literally from Counter Strike, and it's very uh, blatant about it. Uh, but it is reminiscent of Overwatch in that you, it's this FPS uh, where you play as different heroes, sort of agents they're called here, and so yeah, you do the whole like shooty shoot and you have ultimates the characters even go like oh i have my ultimate and that's very overwatch uh and essentially you're either on the defending side or the attacker side and there's a bomb that you or a spike as the game calls it that you essentially have to put on a map and either defend or carry out to its completion uh i really like it so far i've kind of needed an overwatch that isn't overwatch essentially (laughs) because overwatch just has i I played it from when the first uh, when the beta first came out and there's just a lot of baggage there that i eventually moved on from just because like right now they're doing i think every week there are different heroes that are banned and heroes that you can play as or like there's a there's a selection of the roster Mm. that you can only play as it's it's weird and overwatch has it has this identity crisis that at least Valorant doesn't have right now just because it's so new. Um, so it's been nice to play something a little more competitive. Like, I love playing Final Fantasy fourteen and playing single-player games, but playing more competitive multiplayer games with my friends, that's kind of what I really like to do uh, Like yeah. as a way of socializing. So it's it's been fun. Um, there's definitely a lot to be said for how... Riot is handling the toxicity that has already shown up in the game, which is a ridiculous amount. Like, there's always the illusion when games like this are in betas because people are like, oh, there's such low toxicity. Oh my god, the community is so nice. And it's like, no, it's because <laughs> there are less people playing it. Like, there's a select yeah, group of people right. playing it. We don't have all the toxic people in the same, like, you know, with the same amount of access to the game. But the illusion for Valorant has not existed at all. Like, my very first match, oh my god, so I'm, I have one brain cell. And so when I, <laughs> when I was making my Riot account, because I've never played League of Legends, I've never been interested in Riot games besides this. So I made my account, and I don't know how, but my one brain cell was like, oh, like I mixed up the display name with the username. So my display name for everyone in Valorant is literally no. Natalie. Oh no. So I have Krusty Gamer dudes being like, 
Natalie, what are you doing? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, please do not perceive me. Like, just do not. Wow. And it's so awful. And I refresh my Riot account every day because right now it says, you may change your Riot ID in eight days. And I'm like counting down for that eighth day that I can change it. Like, I thought I just, you were about to say you put your government in there. I thought they would be like, Miss Flores. <laughs> I might as well have done that at this point. But oh, I hate like, little gamer so boys being like oh my god natalie is this your yeah. first time playing uh. a game and it's like oh and my best friend i was playing with her the other night and she her name is much more tactful and undercover um and so she she's newer at the game and regardless we make the joke that straight people don't have aim so like we all <laughs> i mean I, that uh gay people don't have aim i mean because uh, we're both bi so we're always like i like when we play with our friends we're like oh, our aim is just bad and you're gonna have to deal with it because we're not straight like we just can't play you know <laughs> <laughs> it's just like stereotype along with like oh gays can't drive or whatever so uh yeah she her aim isn't great but that doesn't take away from the fact that she should be allowed to play this and have fun and whatnot and she's pretty good uh every now and then just like me and this little kid was like oh like i forgot what he said because i was watching the match my best friend was playing with someone else and but i do remember that he basically said oh is your aiming bad because you're a woman like the moment that he found out that she yeah my friend was defending her and he used she her pronouns instead of they them which is what i use when i have a friend who's a woman on the same team just to sort of protect them from this exact thing uh and when the kid found out she was a girl he was like oh so your aiming is bad because you're a woman got it and so that just like you little 12 year old shit it's so (laughs) annoying and it's like okay we got it you love fortnite and you just came from fortnite like please yeah (laughs) yeah that's exactly the reason why i don't mic up with like randos especially in these kinds of games and like talking hearing you talk about um overwatch is a is a very like i have a very uh soft spot for overwatch because i I love overwatch and i'm well i used to love overwatch i used to play it a whole lot and um yeah like i i feel the same way i feel like eventually i kind of like moved on i was kind of over keeping up with the meta and like who was hot and who not who like who to not use and who was waiting for a buff and who was waiting for a nerf um but valorant has like really piqued my attention because i'm like I really want to like try this thing out because I really need a first person shooter. I tried Warzone, I had fun with it, but I just like I think I'm slowly moving on from the battle royale formula. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's just like it might just be a personal preference thing, but Valorant seems like right up my alley with the team play and like a very like uh hero based style thing that lets people choose a class and, you know, provide a very specific role if they choose to. Um but then hearing that makes me like oh I, like it's already hard enough to get a key for myself and now having to like worry about you know as a result by default you know assuming that like i don't have enough how many players is on each team so each team has five players five players yeah okay. so my friend group is made out of four people though one of them doesn't have a code so we do make up the majority of our team, but there's still the risk of that one. It, all it takes is one person to sort of yep. bring your yeah. game. And the game lets yep. you 
mute both voice chat and the text chat, which Overwatch doesn't, as far as I remember. So that is something positive. You don't have to deal with them at all if they start getting toxic. But once they've already started getting toxic, I mean, that's kind of the point. Like, you know you're in a match with a really toxic person, and you almost get tempted to not try to win just because you don't want to win with this person. from what i hear it it has a lot of uh like good like visual cues in the game yes as well. it does right? yeah i at first i thought the art style wasn't pretty but it's it's really good at just being useful and sort of like giving good battle cues it's really fun and it scratched the itch i wanted to get scratched like from overwatch but the only closest thing that has come to scratching that itch has been apex legends but just like Paul, I'm not really big on battle royales because uh, the typical Apex Legends match between me and my friends was us getting items and hiding out for like 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and being like, oh my god, we're like one of the three remaining teams. And it's like, actually, it's because we've like just been hiding and being low-key and not because we've been actually killing people. And so, yeah. and then all it takes is just like one encounter for mm-hmm. all that time to have basically been wasted uh the pacing in valorant is a lot better in that it's it's dedicated rounds and so after 12 rounds the rounds are a lot like you have to the first team that gets Damn. 13 points wins which is a fairly long sort of yeah it's a fairly high amount to reach uh but after 12 matches there is a switch where the attackers become the defenders and vice versa so the pacing also changes in that way and it's just it's really good at letting you sort of come back like i was on a team a few days ago where the other team was full and we lost one person which is pretty much the norm uh in its beta stages right now and we were able to turn it around and actually win like neck and neck but it was just really exciting and so the pacing is good it's it's really fun and it has that whole hero playstyle that is so attractive to people who generally gravitate towards characters and storytelling and all that stuff but the toxicity is definitely a problem that i think riot needs to get on sooner rather than later or else people like me aren't really going to stick around Right. Yeah, I remember some of the things that Blizzard was doing. I mean, I think they still might be doing it, but in terms of like the positive ratings or whatever for folks who you thought were like good teammates and sort yeah. of like rewarding good behavior as opposed to just punishing bad behavior. I thought that was an interesting tactic. Um, yeah, I'm curious as to how they're going to respond to this because it does seem like, you know, while this is definitely a problem in Valorant um, and it probably will be for a while considering, I mean, I've never played League like you or or any other ride game for that matter. Um, but yeah, this just makes me wonder, like, so if you're playing against another team, you don't hear the other team or like, I guess you could see the other team show up on chat, on text chat. Yeah, you can see them show up on text chat. Generally, the opposite okay. team has been much less toxic than the team I've been <laughs> on. Yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, that sucks. Um, yeah, I'm so I'm like so curious to try this game out, and like hearing you talk about this makes me just like, you know, r- like want to just go back to my Overwatch tactic of like just muting my mic the entire time and like not talking to people because like I just man after look I'm old me and Cam <laughs> I'm dragging you into this. I remember the early days of like online play and being like oh, being yeah. called things off jump. So I'm yeah. like. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. But 
um, it's it's good to hear at least that the game itself is fun. Um, I'm very I'm very anxious to try it eventually, and I don't know if they'll ever open up that beta. I know they're definitely trying to control the numbers for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I'm I'm super super curious to eventually check this out. So this, it's good to hear that you're actually having a good time with it because I've I've seen your like Twitter posts, uh, <laughs> just like um that you're really really enjoying it so that yeah, that's really cool no thoughts head empty just playing valorant 24 <laughs> <laughs> hey look whatever gets you through quarantine yeah Sorry. it's it's fun though definitely i would say like just like with overwatch and apex legends the games are absolutely nowhere near as enjoyable if you play them on your own like you have to play them with yeah. a friend or else they're just it's just not something i want to put myself through like i almost got addicted to overwatch and that's still the only game that i've sort of risk an addiction with and i would start when i played by myself i would solo queue in competitive i would start Oops. and then end with a lower sr rate than i started with but i had spent <laughs> like 10 hours of my day oh, yeah. just getting frustrated oh, yeah. with people and dealing with toxicity and yeah yeah so yeah I actually started playing um, Overwatch on PS4 originally. This was way before Same. I had a gaming PC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like playing it uh, a ton. And I was just like, I actually really became addicted to it. I was playing it like every day after work at the time. I was working somewhere else. But um, I was really getting into competitive as well. Like just uh, just solo queuing and getting frustrated. Speaking about like breaking controllers. It was the first game, I think like in my adult life that I can remember, I actually like like throwing the controller like really dramatically <laughs> like frustrated after a loss and um it was at that moment actually like my partner came in the room and was like what happened you all right and i was like yeah i don't know why i just did that like <laughs> i had this real epiphany of like man i need to stop this shit yeah. it's like yeah. it can really like fester and like you know affect your mood and all this stuff so i i tend to be like really cautious with these games now but um yeah that's why I like because i can get really competitive but oh. um yeah, it, it it becomes a weird thing for me. I don't know. Like, usually in my day-to-day, I'm fine. I'm chilling. Like, competition for me is fun. I don't necessarily need it. But when I'm in the moment, oh, my God. Oh my like, God, yeah, I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but we went to, um, we did some, like, archery recently um, for a friend's birthday. It was out in Brooklyn, like, in, I think, like, Gowanus or something somewhere. So and cool. um, I remember we, we had, to, there was a part where, like, we had to compete in teams. <laughs> and the other team, there was, like, a, clearly like a child on the other team oh, no. and it, that child had to like go up against my partner and i'm in the background like let's get it like cheering her on like i was at a knicks game or something um and my friends turned around and looked at me like yo what are you doing man i'm like oh yeah i, I mean tend the to get kid is choosing to play like you want listen we're not gonna look down on anyone for age which also That's means right. that right. we're gonna play you know just i'm, I'm right <laughs> life lessons you gotta learn how to lose and, and lose gracefully yeah we're equal opportunity ass whoopings over here hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> i stand by that that's the optional statement right there um yeah so so what's what else is on your playlist so ring fit adventure is something that i am trying to do a lot and i know you have also been doing it paul uh, mm-hmm. I do it because I have had this issue with my neck and shoulders. I'm not sure if it's because of mental health issues, but I just, 
like I have one vein that gets sort of swollen, like one vein in my neck, and like I get like stress lumps on my shoulder, and they have not gone away for months. And my mom is a massage therapist, so she she really like every night or almost every night when she can, she tries to massage my neck and my shoulders. But the problem is just not going away, and I don't know if I can really see a chiropractor right now, given everything. So I know that exercising is something that can really help with things that seem unsolvable about your body, but that actually are if you just commit to the exercise. I have never exercised in my life, though, so (laughs) getting myself to exercise was something that came very hard for me but with ring fit adventure it's it's so easy and so i try to dedicate 30 minutes or so out of my day to do mostly like shoulder and posture and upper arm exercises uh and it is helping with the pain a lot um i also i'm also teaching my mom how to use it and my mom has several sort of injuries that she's gotten from work accidents and a car accident uh, a few years ago but it's really helping out with her pain and with managing sort of those symptoms. So it's it's just great, and she loves it. And she doesn't play video games, but she, she loves how gamified the exercise is, mm-hmm. and it's really accessible. And it's just sort of, it's kind of amazing all the thought and all the consideration and all the planning that must have gone into making this game work for everyone. Um, and I know we're kind of lucky to get it since it's selling for like over 200 bucks on the market right now so it's wild wild. uh thankfully a friend sent it to me right before uh the pandemic started so shout out to them yeah shout out to them (laughs) um yeah actually i mean echoing what you said i've said it before on the show but yeah there was a a moment in time right before i left for the city um where i was working um working out really uh, regularly mm-hmm. and um but I still had this like really tough time actually enjoying like the act of exercise and that there's like a it's a thing you learn over time for sure and you look forward to it eventually and like you sort of you know there's like that runner's high and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah ring fit adventure so this is for me this is week five of like consistently doing it and I'm gonna like step up my workout. I'm, I w- I've been doing it every other day because I like go really hard <laughs> every other day. Um, but I think I might just sort of like um, bump it down just a little bit just to do it every day consistently. Um, and I'm at a point now where um, kind of like you said, I mean, I mentioned it last week as well, but like I've already noticed um, improvements in my body. Like when I go out to like, cause when we go out for grocery runs now, we obviously try to get things for like minimum two weeks. And, you know, here in New York, it's tough because you have to, like, walk a few blocks to the grocery store, come back, and, like, you're lugging back, like, you know, a bunch of stuff, and that can really take a toll on your body. And then coming to your apartment and, like, have a three-floor walk-up and all this other stuff. So that stuff used to, like, kill me. And now I'm, like, no problem. Like, I barely even (laughs) just sweat. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, what's up? Like, what, you want some more? You want four weeks of grocery? so yeah and like even yesterday for the first time and this is like i'm not even kidding you i also was like talking about this with my partner i was like yo i'm noticing like a difference in my body like i can see the difference happening Mm -hmm. and 
it's really motivating. Like once you once you get into that, uh, once you see the actual results, even if they're just like very small, even just feeling the results for me has been such a motivator. I'm like, wow, this yeah. is like, I mean, you know, granted this only really happening because we're stuck in quarantine and, and I had ring fit at launch and I like, I used it at first a little bit here and there and I eventually fell off of it. But now I can actually see this thing becoming like a regular part of my life because of this, you know, unfortunate event. It's, it's kind of sad that it had to happen this way, but, um, you know, I'm just finding ways to like fit it into my schedule and working from home makes it so much easier. And now I can sort of like slowly start to path or like plot the path forward of like, okay, what's next, you know, after ring fit or even like in between ring fit, I've been thinking about like, oh, maybe one day I'll do ring fit and another day I'll do like uh, VR stuff. Like maybe I'll, cause there's like, you know, beat saber and stuff. That stuff's like really cardio intensive. Mm. Um, And I've been like, I think the missing link for me and something that you really uh, touched upon was like the act of gamifying exercise is mm-hmm. um, like a game changer. It's, yeah. it's, it's so much fun to like run through these fictional like yeah. forests and waterfalls and like fight these enemies and like feel like you're achieving something. And even like so much so where the game will like interrupt me and be like, you want to keep going? Like you're good. Like, you should <laughs> it's been two hours. Stop. Yeah. Like dude, you pick up four, weeks of four hours with what you've done today. <laughs> yeah. You want to chill Go get bit. some <laughs> fucking groceries. Um, but oh, yeah, you should, um, you should look into like a smartwatch. Yeah. I should. Those are I real should. good ways to like do stuff passively and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the cool thing is Ring Fit, I, which I, I should probably start doing even like in between, you know, work things like while videos are exporting or whatever, is it lets you do this like passive mode. So you can just sort of like use the ring and, and it'll count the reps for you and keep track of all those stats. That's the other thing I forgot to mention, too, is seeing the numbers, even like in real time. I mean, they're granted, they're like estimations of how many calories you're burning, all that kind of stuff, like the, the miles you're running. Um, that's also extremely helpful because like when, when I go to a gym, I'm not tracking, I mean, I guess the smartwatch would probably help with some of that stuff. But, you know, when it comes to like lifting weights or, or other activities, I'm not keeping track of how many calories I'm burning, which I think is my most, um, that's the most fun stat to track. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, cause I've also been, it's also been reflected in the things that I'm eating. So I'll be like, oh, okay, like this, these two cookies is going to be like <laughs> two sessions of ring fit. Is it really worth it? Probably not. Let me go get like a fruit or something else. Um, so I'm curious, like how it's changed your, your sort of day to day beyond just like, which I mean, not mm-hmm. that that's a small feat, but like, you know, improving the, the injury that you have and stuff yeah. like that. Like, are there any other things you're noticing? Uh, I've also been trying to do it for my mental health and it has been nice to sort of know that around three or 4 PM is when I ideally, well, I'm not going to do it today and I don't do it every day. I wanted to take, cause originally I was taking the weekend off since I my shifts are during the weekend but then last weekend it really hurt like my shoulders really hurt after abandoning exercising for two days so the plan now is to do it on Saturdays and take a break on Sundays and whatnot um but yeah I've been trying to do it for my mental health and I found that so I I really struggle to get into routines like skincare routines and things like that those are things that do not come naturally to me like they do with some other people and I have to work and make the effort to commit to them so I found that when I was in school because I'm still in school but obviously uh and I took the semester off but 
when I was at school, uh, my work study job was at my school's theology library, and so I would mostly handle the books and the bookshelves and sort of uh, inventory and organizing and all those things. I didn't really like working at the front desk. And at our job, we're allowed to listen to podcasts or music uh, through headphones. So it's been nice to sort of, because I haven't been able to do that because I can't really pay attention to a podcast while I'm on my computer and the, there's all these things that I could be doing, uh, you know, uh, else, you know, with my time. But allowing myself to do something for my physical body and also listen to podcasts which I really enjoy doing while exercising has really allowed me to like I feel compelled to exercise not just because of one reason which is compelling enough like your body is important and needs to be taken care of but it's also my dedicated quote-unquote podcast time or my dedicated sort of like jamming session time so it's really allowed me to sort of pair those things together and um yeah, just kind of create a more, create a routine since I really don't have one right now. Like, I think on Tuesday, I was like, oh, it's Saturday. And then I checked the calendar and I was like, oh, no, it's Tuesday. It is not Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> or like there was one tweet, there was one tweet that the official Twitter account put. I think it was on Thursday and they were like, it's Tuesday. And I just scrolled by and I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. What about it? And then I was like, wait. No, it isn't. And then I went, I scrolled back to check and I was like, no, it isn't. But time is a social construct and I have no concept of it right now. So having a routine period just really helps. Like at least I I know that as bad as I feel on a given day, I did my ring fit workout and I did it for 30 minutes. And if I did nothing else, then at least I did that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Um, also, yeah, good pro tip to listen to podcasts. Well, I never even considered that. I'm like, yeah, I should be doing something else with like the other half of my brain while I'm doing this. It really motivates um, you because you're like yeah, you're awesome. cor- like working your brain and listening to information that you might not be super receptive while doing something that requires more, uh, more sort of deliberate thinking and less muscle memory, but. Once you get used to a routine and ring fit, it's like, okay, I know that the exercise after this one is going to be the one where I like stretch my arms this way or do this. And so it's like, it becomes muscle memory at a certain point. So you can focus on what you're listening to. So I found it's really helpful for me. Awesome. That's great. That's super, super cool. Um, all right, cool. And uh, last but not least on your playlist. Yeah. So I started telling lies this week, the second game by Sam Barlow, who made her story. Uh, and I've been really enjoying it. Uh, I love sort of I love detective stuff. I love feeling productive in that way. And so I'm not very far into it, but I really like it. I just really like the system of manually inputting keywords and feeling, you know, accomplished because I find a video clip that gives me a piece of information from a keyword that I needed to solve the mystery or to get more clues. And yeah, I really, I'm really enjoying it so far, which is, it's a, it's important for me because I can barely concentrate on playing games lately. If it's not Valorant and if it wasn't Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I binged in th- like literally three days because, Damn. yeah, uh, <laughs> because I was like, oh my god, I can finally pay attention to a game for more mm. than two hours. I'm just gonna play it nonstop. So and I binged it in three days. <laughs> there's no like, there's no in between for me. So being able to concentrate on a game enough 
to especially a single player one that doesn't require me to be with friends like Valorant like it it feels sort of a little bit like of an accomplishment for me because I'm like okay I don't need my friends to concentrate on this game like this game is compelling enough that I am invested in it and can spend my time on it and don't feel this sort of anxiety of having to go do something else um just because it's it's fun enough and interesting enough what are you uh what are you playing it on i'm playing it on pc okay cool yeah because i know it recently came out on ps4 yeah um, i did this week i think Yeah, yeah 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 and I actually got a chance to, uh, so originally I actually did a couple of videos. Well, I did one video for Telling Lies and I planned to do more at the time, but I got kind of got swamped by I other stuff. I forgot it. what it was. I remember watching it. Oh, it was, nice. Yeah, it was one of the, because I was like, oh, should I get this or not? I'm not sure. And I watched the Kotaku one and I, I think that was the oh, first nice. video I saw of yours. So Sweet. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to drop a flex bump for myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So an uh, E3, actually, the last E3, Rip, now that E3 is pretty much dead. <laughs> Um, I got a chance to actually talk to Sam Barlow and it was so cool to hear him talk about like how things were filmed and like how everything was sort of conceptualized like from behind the scenes which for me is fascinating as somebody who went to film school for screenwriting and directing and it's like and you can really see all those things shine on the screen when you're like you're seeing these actors who by the way are like amazing at at, like the at selling you know their halves of a phone call or a video call rather and it's also like it's so interesting. I'm, I'm like, so I played it pre-pandemic when we, I wasn't really video calling people that much. And now that I am, it's mm-hmm. it like, it must strike a different nerve when you're like, mm-hmm. you know, because the premise of the game is you're, you have a stolen, I believe, CIA hard drive and you're combing through video call footage that's been recorded and collected by the CIA. And you're trying to piece together this mystery. It's a, it's a very like, I would equate it to, and I'm, I don't mean this any shade by this, but like, because I love them, but I would equate it to like a, like an airport crime novel that you would pick up that you would like read on the plane mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah. It's really, really uh, captivating in a lot of ways. Cause you're like digging into this like larger conspiracy on like a macro level. But then when you zoom in, you're like, you know, finding out about people's histories and their personal lives and their families and their loved ones. And it's a, uh, it's really eerie and uncomfortable, but it's also like fascinating and it offers like a chance yeah. for you to play it multiple times. So I'm curious like how it feels to play this in 2020 now that, I mean, even we're on a video call, who knows if like someone's going to come through yeah. this to be like, what did Paul say? He said bomb at one point. <laughs> it's definitely, it, it's interesting because as I started playing it, going back to what you said about the phenomenal acting just the ways that the actors like they mimic sort of the idle things that we do while we're on a video call like it's not like on a video call right now you know you and cam it's not like you're always looking into each other's eyes or something uh it's not like you're not fiddling with something or doing something in the background and it's so interesting to see how that was involved in the script to make it realistic and to see how the different actors like they'll do like a little twitch or they will like look around in the room and it's so interesting just to see that portrayed uh before like like now it's very normal for us to notice all of our little quirks as we sort of talk uh, with each other through video calls but it was really interesting to see what it must have been like sort of when this came out that 
all those things were shown and it's like it makes you hyper aware of your own quirks because you're like yeah i i kind of do that or like oh yeah i can't look at people's eyes for too long my eyes just kind of like wander around and whatnot yeah yeah that's me all the way i get in trouble all the time at work for not looking i guess not being engaged oh really yeah i'm like i'm listening I hear you yeah, yeah, I'm here. What I don't want to stare at it. <laughs> I really struggle with making eye contact, Same. especially as an introvert. So it's like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, I'll talk about the eye contact thing in a second. But Cam, I'm curious, um, now that it's on like consoles and stuff, do you have any uh, curiosity in checking this game out? Yeah, I, w- I saw it uh, recently, like I guess a couple weeks ago when it came out. But um, yeah. I think it's just going to be weird on console. Just typing yeah. in things would just be weird. Probably yeah. not the most optimal way to play or enjoyable way, I guess, to play. So I'd probably... I think wait. it's cheaper on smartphones, too. Oh, yeah. So smartphones, it might be and even better. Probably even better, Yeah, and, uh, Yeah, and it feels like a better avenue than console. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would definitely go that route. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm no, definitely it's... interested. It looks really cool, and like you said, like uh, just hearing about like the behind the scenes and how they got the actors to act against each other it was really cool. Uh, yeah. I remember that like being a big thing at the time. So yeah, it was interesting because like one fun tidbit that I learned from uh, Sam Barlow was that like they had these camera rigs set up so they would like. Um, They'd be holding the cameras in in most cases, and they would be like tethered together. They'd be like in separate rooms, pretending that they were like in different locations or you know whatever. And um, so they got to see each other in real time. So they were actually playing off of each other, which is like the which is actually like very apparent when you're watching the the scenes play through, because it's like these actors. I'm assuming it's like not a small task to to have to like recreate video calls. You know, like that's kind of an awkward thing. Um, but being able to like do little nuanced differences between like you know a love interest versus like somebody that you're like your boss like you're reporting to or whatever um but yeah that th- this game like i'm kind of sad that I, I didn't get a chance to like really circle back around and like talk about it too much but at least like on video form and stuff but yeah i definitely think it's worth checking out it's got a really cool story that goes to some places that i was not expecting um and i I think I did two playthroughs of it. So I got two endings and I got to see like two characters sort of like, you know, play their stories out. But, um, do you know how many endings there are? I don't, uh, I know there's at least oh. two. Interesting. <laughs> uh, but, um, Cause her story, I remember that you sort of chose when you ended it. Yeah. Like you chose when you got enough out of the mystery and we're like, okay, I think I've learned enough. And, people had two different conclusions that were vastly different so it was really interesting to sort of look up discussions on that so i'm really excited to finish it and to read all the discussions on it because i really loved her story yeah so her story blew me away i actually played it right before uh telling lies because i like got ready for it. i brushed up on it really quickly Uh, and uh yeah yeah. it still holds up it's it's actually really incredible um so yeah um Cam, we should just jump right into the uh, optional game of the year already. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, Streets of Rage 4 came out. Um, it was something that's weird because like, Streets of Rage, the series, especially number two, is like one of our like bonding-like things, especially since we were like kids. I've known Paul since I was a kid, so like that was one of the things we always used to do. Like oh. At least once a year, we play Streets of Rage 2 together. Oh, yeah. It's like a must. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah, so yeah. 
<laughs> like from sleepover days all the way to like college and all this stuff. So yeah, we like when this first came out. I guess we were like that first trailer was kind of off putting to both of us. Oh yeah, I think that's oh, yeah. pretty fair to say we were like not into the art style at all. Um, so I kind of just dismissed it. Like I kind of was like, whenever it comes out, I'll probably play it. I love the series, so I'll, I'll play it. But I don't think I'm super hyped for it. Fast forward to now. It's out, and they've changed a couple things about it. Like they've worked out the look of the game, and then uh, I know you you watched that Digital Foundry video, amazing. And it goes into like all the technology behind all this thing, and that makes it even better because you realize what they're actually doing to this game, and you're like, oh, this is yeah. like wizard shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, this dude, is, it's magic. It, it's magic. It's it's incredible. <laughs> These people are geniuses. But um, uh, to say the least, like I'm in love with this game. Like. I'm not. I'm only halfway through. Uh, I've been playing it on hard, and it just improves on everything that three did well. Uh, the music is pretty good. It, I know a lot of people not liking the music right now, but uh, I actually kind of dig it. Um, yeah, it makes. I mean, I guess it makes sense to have dubstep. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. not Streets of Rage, but it like it, it works for some 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 reason. It works for me at least. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and then, like, some of the tracks that make you kind of feel nostalgic, like that opening track and that underground uh, theme is, like, oh, that shit so slaps. Good. So uh, good. I need that as, like, a ringtone or some shit. But um, I'm just really into the combat. Like, it's very uh, Street Fighter-like where you can, like, bounce people off the of walls and do all these cool combos. And, like, I don't know. It just feels like a fighting game. And yeah, yeah. It just It, it just works. I don't know how they're doing it, but it fucking works in 2020. Like I'm playing yeah. a side scroller beat em up and loving it. Yeah, totally. It's yeah, so bizarre. It, ca- it caught me off guard because I like like you. I was very like. I mean, I love this series. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely like up there in my top five favorite be. games yeah. of all time, especially part two. Um, so yeah, like you, I was very skeptical when it first came out, and. Um, when I first started playing it, I was like, wait, a second. within the first like minute, I was like, oh, this is good, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, I think the music is, I like the soundtrack a lot, actually. I think it's very apparent that it's not just Yuzo and Matohiro. I think it's like, you know, it's definitely a compilation of people that were impacted by the game and then sort of made their versions of songs they would have liked to have seen right. in a Streets of Rage game, which I think is actually interesting in its own right i feel like whenever i encounter something that i don't like at first especially like a piece of art i'm always like okay there's something here like there's something that's like pushing me to like the borders of like where my you know where my tastes are and sometimes there there's just shit that's like horrible and you, it's just like yeah it's not good it's just this is bad no nah, it's just like other times, listening to like jesus for the first time you're like fuck yeah. this shit <laughs> totally yeah yeah there's there have been albums that i like the first time i heard it i was like this is garbage yeah. and then like now they're my favorite albums of all time yeah um so i i think that like i would challenge people to give it a, you know another listen or two and like give it a chance to like really um you know just envelop you in those environments and those like those scenes because it's all ridiculous it's all like farce and that's like kind of the point of this series i think Mm. it's like very much in line with another beloved series that we both enjoy the fast and the furious where it's like it's just like over the top super ridiculous almost cartoonish very like you know it's obviously got its problems especially like in the tone department for sure but um 
I think overall, like you said, it just improves upon so many things. And like, if you go yeah. back and retroactively play the original trilogy, which I would even recommend to folks who love Streets of Rage 4, which it seems like even in our Discord, I'm super happy that folks are actually enjoying it who have never even played the Streets of Rage before. Um, Chase, I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> it's It's been really cool to, like you said, see um, improvements. Like even like you mentioned, like the fighting game thing, like if you remember in the past, uh, when you knock an enemy off screen, uh, they would fall off screen and they would just sort of like disappear for a few seconds and then they would come back and then you have to wait for them and then punch them again and then yeah. they fall out of screen. And now they like hit the side of your screen and come back in. And it's almost like there's a crowd that surrounds the screen at all times and like they push you back in, like get back yeah. in there. Um, and it just so sets you up like, for like more like gameplay. Yeah. It's, it's right. insane. And then there's all these like contextual like things that you can do where like, you can this whole sections of this game where you can like not do anything to the enemies and you'll wipe a whole screen like the, the yeah. environment's doing all the damage or something like that and then yeah. like the or, the boss battles have been really cool yeah yeah <laughs> or like uh like the the parts where you're like in the prison or whatever and they're like the cops are fighting the bad guys yeah. and the bad guys are fighting the cops and they're fighting you and you're fighting the cops it's like yeah. it's kind of fun it's like it's a really stupid almost like uh, light Smash Brothers slash light Street Fighter kind of game, and it's like, and but there's still surprisingly like a nice amount of depth in there for you to enjoy and like appreciate, especially if you're playing with other people. Because there were times where like, I mean, I was playing with my partner, and like, um, like she would hit somebody and like launch him in my direction, and I would like knock them back, <laughs> and we'd just be juggling somebody back and yeah. forth, and it feels really good. Like, I mean. There was this oh, moment uh, today, actually, I got to this level where it's like a dojo and like they just send waves and waves of enemies at you and it gets intense, like pretty fucking intense. And it just turns into a Jackie Chan film where you're like throwing shit at one guy, like bouncing them off <laughs> yeah. the wall. Like it's in- I was like, this is I got to clip that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just been really cool. I just found out also that you can change the uh, <laughs> I thought this was really thoughtful, but you can change like the the sprites of the food. So, yeah. like, originally, like, the, the base, like, health is, like, an apple, and then, like, the big health is, like, a turkey, and you can change that to, like, tofu or, like, a big salad. That's what I did. I was, like, the healthy option. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was just really, like, really cute and, and cool that you can, like, yeah, switch it up. Sure. Yeah, I think that, like, I think that sums up what this game um, overall is for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's a very loving um, tribute to that series yeah. and it, it, it's like i i think for the most part overall like um the reviews have been really positive for it and um i saw one review that was like very you know very hard on it for you know very valid reasons i feel like they wanted more of the game they wanted to like sort of um just include some more modern uh systems and tools and mechanics taken from you know newer games that exist now sorry oh that's loud sorry the it's all good. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it does a really good job of um, just sticking to that classic formula and what made it so good to begin with. And it doesn't really bother too much with, thankfully, which I was like a little worried about, um, involving like things like skill trees and, you know, um, pro- you know, different enhancements and breakable armor or whatever. Like, I feel like if this is a perfect example of, you know, one of my favorite phrases um, designed by subtraction where you sort of like 
take an idea and you take it super far and super wide and then you just really start to remove things and you really strengthen the things that make it good and that'll sort of take it even further right yeah so that, that, yeah. that uh, digital foundry video like really hit the like nail on the head where they were talking about like the three elements and when you break it down like that yeah. like if you have a structure for a type of game if you ha- hit all those things it's a it's going to be a good game you know mm-hmm. like you can also add shit but like those core like features are like essential and if you get the, if you nail those like that's all you can ask for um yeah absolutely yeah i'm just really digging this i'm, I'm liking the cast of characters um that uh what's the new girl uh with the guitar cherry, cherry? so fucking cool she's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool <laughs> she's like this really she's basically like skate but like um she just has like all these combos you can like grab in the air and oh man it's just so much fun to play uh, yeah, even she's, the big, she's like big the dude is really cool. Floyd or whatever. Floyd, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool. I can't um, wait to like play with somebody, but yeah, yeah, same. Well, I got it on PS4 too, so oh, sweet. Should, I'm down to play uh, hard mode. So yeah. I got it on yeah, Switch, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play it on Switch until I like really need to. It's not the most yeah. comfortable console to play. Sure, um, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm also gonna. I'm still waiting on that limited run uh, collector's edition thing. I also. <sighs> So disappointed in myself. I also bought the vinyl. That like the bro, I got dubbed, and I, I think it was just for the better. Like I had everything filled out, and I pressed like add to cart and enter, and it was like oh sold out. I was like what the fuck? Like it was like two it's seconds. Sign, I man. was there. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. And I was just like you know what? I don't. I don't need it. I don't need it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I can always. Um, I, I can buy the soundtrack as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, cool. Uh, I can actually just go through my list very quickly. Uh, in addition to Streets of Rage 4, I started up Okami actually recently. I've never played Okami when it came out uh, way back mm. when. Um, have either of you played Okami? Uh, a little bit. A little bit? Me too, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I, I'm about like an hour in. This was also um, recommended to me by a friend of the show, Natalie. Um for for a while now like a lot of her recommendations i sort of ignore them not intentionally <laughs> just because there's just so much stuff out there um but i finally started uh i finally got a chance to um dig into it and um it's interesting it's definitely a product of its time sure. i'm struggling with the controls and like the camera and it, it definitely feels like a ps2 era game it looks beautiful. Like it's the the yeah. art style definitely has aged gracefully, um, but I hear it gets better. So I'm gonna give it more time and give it more time to sort of like you know. Yeah, one thing I remember about some... that game that I really loved is like at the end of every like boss or like fight, like uh, she would howl at like the moon or whatever. Like I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just like a cool yeah. like punctuation on the thing. I yeah. always thought that was really dope. Yeah, I'm liking it so far. I'm, I'm gonna give it a little what bit you, more what time. What are you playing? But. On? on switch oh shit yeah yeah um and then the last game i just started playing this morning on stream actually um is treachery in beatdown city uh cam i know you probably remember this one from way back that was like our first uh, thing we we covered when we were just a blog yeah yeah yeah. so we were just like a tiny blog and i had a couple video cameras and mics and stuff and i was like let's just start doing videos about indie game stuff in new york city and um, Sean Alexander Allen was nice enough to like sit down with us and talk to us and talk about his game way back when in 2014. Yeah. Um, and it's finally out now. I think it came out either last week or two weeks ago. I finally got around to it. And 
I mean, speaking of Streets of Rage, it's very much in the vein of like a double dragon, which is, um, you know, like the art style at least. It's like a, you know, two and a half D side-scrolling action game where you kind of walk around and you, you know, wash people with your hands and feet and whatever. Um, <laughs> and you, uh, but the interesting twist here, it's like, it's mostly an RPG. So you can actually like quick attack and like just jab at them if you wanted to. But you engage in this sort of turn-based style uh, mechanic that's common in RPGs, and you're basically like stringing together combos in a in an interesting um, in, an inter- in, a, uh, in an interesting way. So you're trying to uh, remember or realize what kind of enemy they are, very much like Streets of Rage, and what kind of attack patterns they have, and ways to combat them like in real time, and it's really amazing. Like it's really well written. It's got a lot of really cool like. You know, I mean, Sean, Sean Alexander Allen is very like, you know, um, he's got a very strong voice. If you've ever like even seen his Twitter feed or like I went to a couple of his talks once. Uh, I mean, he's also one of the people who's uh, who organizes the Game Devs of Color conference up in Harlem every year. So he's very like, you know, he knows what's up. So a lot of the cutscenes and like the um, interactions and the dialogue are very much like, this is written by a dude from New York who understands that our like that Bloomberg's a piece of shit yeah. and like uh, <laughs> you know people can be fucking racist and there's like yeah. you know uh, gentrification is a very real thing. Um, so it hits a lot of those um, notes and it does it in a way that's like really cool and um, it's really cool. I, I mean, I, I highly recommend checking it out. It's on PC and Switch. Um, I'm definitely gonna be playing more of it. I might even stream more of it. If you're curious to see what it looks like. Um, check out my uh, Twitch um, archive. It's up there on my Twitch stream. But um, yeah, it's really cool, man. It, it's basically like a brawler, but it's a but it's an RPG. Yeah. And like the combat system, they have three different characters who all have three different distinct fighting styles. And um, you know, you're just kind of cycling through different moves. And each one, like there's like a grapple move. There's like a couple like capoeira style moves with one character. And um, it's just like overall really fun to play and when you're like actually like defeating enemies it can feel really um satisfying in a way that's like very tapped into those same beat-em-up senses where it's like or sensibilities rather where you feel like oh cool i managed to navigate being outnumbered three to one and i like used my brain uh in very cool ways that's like more in line with like an rpg than it is with like an actual brawler or beat-em-up so um yeah, I would say check it out. It's really cool. I think it's like 20 bucks or something like that. So um, it's pretty cheap, uh, you know, relatively speaking. But um, yeah, the last one I've been playing, as always, is Animal Crossing. Still getting into the turn-up market. Shout out to actually in the Discord for blessing me earlier uh, on today because I woke up and I totally forgot after streaming to to go buy some damn turnips. <laughs> but shout out to, um, I believe it was Nickel Godzilla who hooked me up. Um, on their island i just went there and was, i think they were like in a different time zone so yeah. i just bought some turnips last minute wasted a bunch of money um but yeah i've actually like i, I don't know if i mentioned playing with my nephew on last week's show uh, you did a, a little bit i did okay cool so we've been actually like keeping in touch with each other in animal crossing which is amazing That's so cool. for for context he's eight years old and you know i don't get to see him anymore because of this pandemic that's been going on and it's been really cool to like get a gift from him and then like get a letter from him and i'll send him a letter like i sent them an arcade machine and like i'm sure it's gonna blow his little mind um 
so it's been really cool to be yeah. able to like keep in touch with them in that way and also just sort of like visiting their island last time one thing i forgot to mention was seeing their creativity on display in a really like tangible way i mean not like literally but um being able to actually point to like why did you design this this way or like what what was your thinking with this garden or whatever and i'm trying to like encourage my sister to be like hey um pay attention to this stuff because he's like i remember being that kid you know um that that kid that like my parents didn't understand why I was so obsessed with games and trying to like explain yeah. to them why you yeah. know, Streets of Rage 2 was the shit. <laughs> why I had to punch um, these people in the face. I have yeah, to. Yeah, you don't, you don't understand, <laughs> I have to save the city. Streets are full of rage. Um, but yeah, it is really cool. I'm telling my sister like pay attention because there's like, you know, this is going to lead you to connect with him on a different level. Right. And and they have been playing together. They've been playing like on the same island. They have their different tents everywhere. Um, so... It's really, really cool. Yeah, it's a really cool way to sort of like connect with them in that way that I, and I, that I also find um, I've been doing with real life friends too, where I'm like, hey man, like the Discord, shout out to the Discord, the Animal Crossing channel continues to blow my mind where I was like, man, I need like one or two things in the kitchen and people were like, I got this, I got that. And I went to Charming Charlie, shout out to Charming Charlie in the Discord, who hooked me up with a couple things like a, like a desk and some tables and like um, things for my work bench area. And I'm like, this is unbelievable, man. Yeah. Uh, the, the way everyone's just been cooperating with each other has been like inspirational. I, I just absolutely love it. Yeah. I, uh, I had the same experience, man. Like, uh, I, I got the credits. I beat the game recently, uh, which was really cool. That KK slider outro was nice. so sweet. It kind of made me emotional. It was Aww. so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why am I like tearing up <laughs> this video? This video game again makes me mad emotional. I don't know why it just hits these like, buttons and me it was just like what i'm not i'm a g i don't cry um <laughs> like uh but yeah and uh like you said it's this weird social game where me and my work friends we don't get to see each other like often anymore so what we do is have watering parties every night where we all Aww. get together and we water each other's gardens and we just hop island to island and we just oh, do that so yeah cute. we just like try to breed flowers oh. that's all we do and we just chat like that's that's our whole shit like amazing it's real uh, cool and sweet and like this morning we uh a bunch of people came to my island and just bought some terminus because i had pretty low ones so it was really i don't know i just love this game it's really good yeah it's so good natalie i know you've been playing as well any notable yeah notes? i leaned off of it though and i am upset at myself over <laughs> it um i'm not quite sure uh I guess it's a complicated thing where it, the game actually gives me as much anxiety as it relaxes oh, me, weirdly enough. Because um, it asks, it, it technically doesn't ask things of you, but there's still always something to do. Whereas my favorite is still the GameCube Animal Crossing. And that felt like a very different experience. Not necessarily better, uh, but indeed differently because... I felt more as part of a community rather than sort of this representative of an entire island and sort of having to create the things that I need to create to make the island pretty. And there's also how we socialize now in terms of connecting on social media and seeing people's islands look incredible while mine is like, I don't know, like so not cute. Um, 
And I usually am not someone who gets affected by what other people tend to do, but for some reason it's affected me. I think because of the quarantine, because we're so indoors now and there are few things that we can really do. Um, I wrote a piece on why the game sort of makes me quite anxious. Like by the end, I played it for maybe like an hour a day. Um, and so yeah, it's it's like this complicated relationship that I have with it, but I really do like it. Uh, I just, it's a lot to keep up with, and right now I don't have motivation for most things. Like, existing is rather <laughs> difficult to muster motivation for, let alone like keeping up with turnips <laughs> and visiting other people's islands for better turnip prices and getting all these furniture items and recipes. So yeah, it's been a little complicated with it but i i love it and i did buy my um about an amiibo card for my best friend i saw that, that i yeah yeah that i made in the original animal crossing and now i'm reunited with her for the first time in 15 years oh. and it's been really yeah i wrote a piece on it for fan by about how i reunited with this bear named olive she's very rather unremarkable <laughs> but she was my best friend when I was little, and she moved away and broke my heart, <laughs> like, from one day to another. So uh, I bought her Amiibo card, and the the whole process of reuniting with her was super emotional for me. That's so, amazing. That's cool. Yeah. I, I will remember this game for that. I love that piece. I'm going to be including it in the newsletter this week. So Thank you uh, so much. Definitely go read that, everybody. Yeah, I, I would say... Um, I, I think I've, I've been giving this advice to folks often, and I know I don't have to give it to you because you've played Animal Crossing and stuff before. But um, yeah, I think like the, because I'm over like, I forgot what the last count, hour count was. I think I'm over like 225 hours at this point. But I feel like, nice. yeah, I think at first I was sort of checking in and playing for like multiple hours a day. And it was just sort of, I was treating it as like a, um, as an escape, right? It was just like, a reason for me to just get away from all of this stuff that's been happening and a reason for me to like stay inside or whatever. Um, but now I've like, I've only been checking in like for the most part for like maybe 15, 20, 30 minutes max a day. Um, oh, wow. And it just become a thing where like, I have to really tune out the sort of like expectations that you've already laid out in terms of like, you know, I have to go do this. I have to make sure the turn up prices and all this other stuff. I like sort of like tune that out and I just like, I just want to do one thing a day and I'm going to focus on one thing a day. And that has really helped me appreciate like the smaller, more brilliant moments of this game that like, for me, it just sort of feels like, uh, kind of like you we were mentioning before too, with like routines, like it's hard to really start up a new routine and like be consistent with it. And for me, like I sort of treat it as a thing that like, I, you know, I keep making the bonsai tree, uh, reference but I feel like it really is like something that I just do a little bit of upkeep on once a day and then at the end of the week I'm like oh cool I actually finished my arcade and I finished this like you know tree grove that I was working on or whatever so it's like I think and I you know I'm sure that eventually hopefully you'll get to spend more time with your with your bestie in Animal Crossing <laughs> but um yeah no it's it's been a nice escape but it's also been a nice sort of like break from the regular routine especially if like I'm doing it you know, I'm kind of outing myself here, but if I'm doing it during a meeting or if I'm doing it like um, mm -hmm. maybe in between meetings or in between like work stuff, it's been nice to just sort of like 
turn my brain off in that way for just a little bit at a time. But um, oh God, everyone I know who is attending classes is playing it while they're in <laughs> class and they're just trying to look very nonchalant and very unexpressive while they're playing. Like my friend is out here making two million bells while she's in, <laughs> she's in art school. So now everything has to be done digitally and she's a very hands-on person. So it helps her sort of get like scratch that itch that she sort of needs that's tough man because things are weird yeah, now that's tough to be in school yeah. now i can't even imagine Do you not get um like since you said you play for like 15 to 20 minutes a day sometimes like do you not get anxious over not feeling productive enough i think that says more about me than the game so much more about me than the game but i get anxious i'm like oh, i'm only here for, like the last time i played i was like oh, i've only been here for an hour <laughs> and i've just talked to people and bought like outfits and it's like i need i need to do more but i also don't want to do more but uh, nah, i have this like inner conflict i don't i mean as somebody who struggles with actual real life anxiety i actually surprisingly don't i, I think i just like oh. i i really turned off the expectation like light it's it's like i don't yeah. i don't need that light anymore to like see what i'm doing it's just like for me it's just like um it's a habit it, it's like once a day, it's kind of like ring fit in that way it's like it's once a day i do something mm. small and i feel better about it afterwards like oh cool i you know i fished for a little bit or i did this other thing for a little bit and like little by little just doing it once a day um you kind of step back at the end of the week and you go oh wow look at all that i've done and it like that might amass or that might amount to like you know one single day's worth of four hours of play but for me it's like no, it's like, you know, um, I would rather just like, I, I don't really care about having the newest, latest, coolest stuff and keeping up with the Joneses, as it were, yeah. in Animal Crossing. Uh, Cam, I'm not sure how you feel. No, I, I, I mirror your sentiments exactly. I, like, I just find something that I like to do. Like, right now, it's just the flowers. Like, I'm, I'm obsessed with that. So, like, I just make sure I, like, lay out my, yeah. my big flower area, like, the way I want get rid of the flowers I don't want, sell the ones, you know, and then, uh, yeah, just take it on like that. And also like, um, my partner has it. So I always check my store just to see if she wants something like, Oh, I got, this is, there's a table you want this? Like, cause she has like a really grown up house as opposed to my island. It's very like whimsical <laughs> and like stupid. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not good at the like interior design parts of it at all. Um, but so I always like make sure I buy something for her just in case she might need it or stuff like that. Well, the, that's it right there though like that's like the sort of like beautiful summation of what this game i think to me is is like for you it's like silly and you're like you're doing flowers and you're like you know making your house silly but for your partner it's like something that's more like you know tapping into those interior design skills and and tastes so i think for everybody it's something different Mm -hmm. so i think you got to start off yeah, by like sure. identifying why the heck you're playing this game yeah. in particular. And I think once you find that, you're like, okay, cool. I can let go of the turnips. I've even like, I, after I forgot to buy turnips before I bought them, thanks to uh nickel Godzilla. Um, I was like, Oh, let me just, I was like, it's fine. I don't care. I don't need those turnips. Nope. I don't need those bells. Cause like, I'm going to do the same thing next Sunday anyway, yeah. or I could just choose not to. So it's like, it is very much a like finding yourself simulator more than anything, <laughs> I think. Um, 
but yeah, it's surprising that it, it's, you know. It's interesting how anxiety manifests in such different ways because for me, my anxiety manifested in the sense that I forgot to buy turnips the very first week and I was like, okay, I'm just never doing that again. <laughs> I'm not going to try it. <laughs> it's like when you start something new and you're not immediately perfect. Right. And I'm like, okay, guess I guess I won't do this ever again. Yeah. So I just, somehow I kept forgetting turnips every single week. And I think it was part of my brain being like, well, you didn't get to do it the first time perfectly. Mm. So you're not mm. going to be able to, let's not do that at yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah it, it, it's definitely a thing that's, um, at least over the course of my career and, and school and you know, all that other stuff, it definitely like comes to you eventually where it's like, at least for me, it did where it's just like, I had to become comfortable with failing a lot and I did fail a lot. So I feel like even if I don't do something right the first time, I know that and I'm good and I know I'm going to get better at it. And I just have to like, I mean this, I talk about it all the time on the show, especially, but this podcast, as much as me and Cam tried and Roman at the time, shout out to Roman. Um, it wasn't the best podcast, you know, it wasn't great, um, but we just kept going at it and we kept trying to figure it out as we went. And then, you know, eventually as we did it, we it got better and thankfully it's now where it is now. But um, yeah, wow. Life lessons in animal <laughs> yeah. That's my autobiography. Um, yeah, seriously. I think that's something, I think that's something people from our type of background tend to struggle with, like just allowing yourself to fail. Yeah. I know that as a child of an immigrant parent, allowing myself to fail is probably the core of why not just Animal Crossing New Horizons being an anxiety-inducing exercise, but just my inability to deal with failure in general is something that I think we tend to struggle with. Sure. So hearing that you've learned it and learned it so well and been able to have such a relaxing experience with it is very hopeful because <laughs> i really struggle with that kind of thing and i think it is why i've struggled with clicking with uh, this animal crossing at least that's cool yeah and i mean i welcome you to venture into our animal crossing discord where i'm sure uh folks would be happy to like you know help you out if you need it or whatever because i'm always like that too naturally like in animal crossing especially i'm like who needs what or like how can i help like what do you need like before i even like when i ask for stuff i'm like okay cool i'm coming over but what do you need like can i water your flowers can i do this like you need money um so yeah i think it's like i think finding the little even if it's a small tight-knit group i mean I, you know me and cam would probably be happy to help you out if you need any help but uh yeah. Thank you. It's a, it's a I, I definitely even I'm even part of an entire Animal Crossing Discord made up of people like Eric Van Allen from hey, US Gamer and Rebecca Valentine. EVA. Yeah, all those wonderful people. But it's like it, it's it's a me thing. Yeah. It's not a yeah. yeah, it's not a them thing That's or fair. like a yeah, an ability to sort of find a tight knit group. It's it's definitely a ties it to a lot of psychological problems that I'm not even fully like uh, cognizant of so there are probably a lot of things at play but I do I do think it's a great next step in the series and I think even if it's different it doesn't mean that it's like worse off necessarily and I think it's addressing different needs for different people and you can sort of go back to the other Animal Crossing games if this one isn't sort of fulfilling that need like i still find the gamecube one pretty charming yeah so yeah and wild world was i think my favorite along with the gamecube one so nice nice um cam what else you got man uh just like you guys were talking about before about like competitiveness and stuff like that modern warfare warzone is my 
competitive thing. I'm not a super competitive person in general, but uh, this is one of those things that like oddly make me calm. Like I like being in these hectic situations trapped between uh, 150 other people trying to kill me. Like, I just like, <laughs> I feel like James Bond or something like that. I'm like, all right. Ah, yeah, sorry. yeah. It's it's yeah, so yeah. bizarre. Like, I need, like when I come home from a stressful day at work, this helps me blow off that steam like that. And then I can just like chill for the rest of the night and be, be done. But I need that buffer. Like, it's, yeah. it's odd. It's odd. But uh, yeah, I got to play with some. Is it because it feels so inconsequential? Maybe. maybe? Um, I th- yeah, I think it's just like I can. I know I'm like capable in this game. Where like something at work maybe it may be out of my control, right? And then when I come yeah. to the game, I'm like, oh, I know I'm capable enough to do the thing. And then you just work from there. So this game just kind of hits these things. Like I know I'm not gonna be number one all the time, but like I still killed nine people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but this game is just I still got these. Yeah, headshots. I still got these headshots. It's yeah. just fun, like seeing yourself in like you know in these situations where like uh, I know you guys were saying you're like kind of pooped on the uh battle royale genre but like i think this gets it right and it's just been a ton of fun i got to play with some friends who we used to play um like back in the day and like my friend john he's so intense he's like the loudest person in the world and it's just completely Mm -hmm. opposite (laughs) of how i play and he had my heart racing the other day i was like why are you yelling at me like (laughs) he's behind me like oh my god like it is nine o'clock you need to relax. Yeah, yeah. Lower your, you voice, lower your voice. Um But yeah, I'm having a ton of fun. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about jumping back into that game. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Yeah, Natalie, feel free to yell at me if we're we're going over yeah, on yeah, the yeah. time here. So. If... Oh, absolutely not. I am more than okay. All right, Don't cool. Worry. So we're gonna just podcast for another four hours straight. Um, yeah, I'm good with it. Right, as cool. long as y'all are oh, good. Yeah. With oh yeah, it. yeah, we're good. Um, yeah, this is, this is our element. So jumping into the news this week, man, what a weird, uh, twisted uh. tale of events. Um, so um, initially, we got an update on the PlayStation blog about release updates for The Last of Us Part Two and Ghosts of Tsushima. And um, basically, uh, we got some release dates for them. So Last of Us Part Two is going to be coming on June 19th, and Ghost of Tsushima are, is coming on July 17th. So kind of right around the corner, assuming, you know, uh, the world doesn't come to a complete end. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll be playing these games relatively soon. And then um, even more fuel to the, I guess, to the fire or the hype. Um, Last of Us 2, uh, Last of Us Part 2 was leaked online. Um, this was like a whole uh, a whole situation for a while. I know you even wrote about it, Natalie. And um, it was a... Uh, I got like all the leaks the moment that they came out. <laughs> I won't oh. talk about them, but I, I couldn't help it. I yeah. I don't have a super strong attachment to the first. Same. so And I was curious about how they would handle certain things. I have a lot of concerns as a queer woman of color going into this game. I think this game in Cyberpunk 2077, which we'll talk about later, mm. have a lot to say about people who look like us. Yeah. And I'm not sure if those things are exactly pleasant uh at all times so uh obviously i won't talk about the spoilers but i did i I did sort of satisfy my curiosity the moment that i was afforded the opportunity (laughs) interesting yeah yeah i'm like 
if it gets spoiled for me, I'm fine with it. That's kind of part of the job when you sign up for these kind of roles. People are going to DM stuff to you. They're going to try to get it to you, you know, in front of your eyes, no matter what. Um, and, you know, also just by nature of the beast, sometimes I'll just talk to fellow writers or whatever and be like, all right, so what happens? Tell me what happens. Just because I'm naturally curious. Um, and I feel the same way. I really enjoyed The Last of Us, but I don't like revere it the same way a lot of other folks do. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a cool story. It's a cool sci-fi story. It's, you know, sure, it's got its problems. But I also am in the camp of people who feel like Last of Us Part 2, for me at least, is like this sort of like extended universe thing where I feel like Part 1 ended so nicely that it didn't yeah. need a sequel. Um, it's and for it's, capitalism. Yeah, what? Capitalism to the rescue. Um, so... Um, as a result, the leaks happened and there was a bunch of speculation happening on different forums and, on, of course, on social media, um, primarily that this was uh, a disgruntled Naughty Dog employee and that was sort of like, you know, emboldened or, or strengthened, the theory was at least, or the hypothesis rather, um, after, you know, the investigation that w- that went down by Kotaku and, um, you know, just talking about crunch and working conditions at Naughty Dog. Um, but... Um, an update to the story, um, Sony had confirmed to, industry, to gamesindustry.biz that it has identified the primary individuals responsible for the leak earlier this week, saying they were not affiliated with Sony Entertainment Interactive or Naughty Dog, as was rumored. The publisher declined to comment further, saying that the information was currently subject to an ongoing investigation. So, you know, as far as we know right now, um, they're claiming that it wasn't um, it wasn't actually a disgruntled employee in, on for either company and uh, I think Jason Schreier had also tweeted something about how it was basically somebody who found some sort of like you know um, way in through some old uh, yeah earlier today he tweeted that it was an old build of another Naughty Dog game that they sort of exploited to get into the servers of Naughty Dog and then they were able to hack into that older build of The Last of Us 2 yeah which is Pretty fascinating. Wild. Yeah, pretty wild. Um, I'm curious. How do people even do that, I wonder? <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? Like, man, you got Sally Mae sitting right I'm there. I'm saying, that was going to be the next out. thing on. I was about to say. This, help these people are just out, wasting baby. their time. Help us. Navient's just chilling. <laughs> yeah. Um, Y'all want to hack the student loans <laughs> too while you're at yeah, it. That's what know? I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Cam, I'm curious your take on these uh, Last of Us 2 leaks. I, I feel the same way you guys do um, about like Last of Us in general. Like I, I enjoyed the time I had with the game. I came to it super late. Like I played it on, I played it on PS4. Um, yeah. Like mm-hmm. way later on. Um, and I enjoyed it, but I would never play it again. It was one of those games that same. brought me a ton yeah. of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it has its own faults and problems, but overall, I liked it. Um, and yeah, I don't think there was a necessarily a need for part two, but I mean, I'll, I'll eventually get around to it. I probably won't play it when it first comes out. Um, I'll probably wait till next gen um, to play it, um, mm. and then uh, that. But the leaks, I mean, they're easy enough to avoid. So I think that if you're like really like spoiler like. Uh, phobic. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you you don't want to like do that. It's easy enough just to stay away from it. I haven't had. I haven't. It hasn't come across my radar like at all, unless I like actually look for it. Um, right. But if I get spoiled, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, it just sucks that I, I feel. Do, I do feel bad for the people who work so hard in this game, and then for it to to absolutely. be like lacklusterly like thrown out there and just kind of like you know well. 
all that hard work for all these years and all that crunch and yeah just kind of down the drain Pretty and then you got like uh, these like yeah. you know uh passenger like i don't know like backseat driver commenters and uh bad takes all around and <laughs> it must be it, it just must be so frustrating to be like a dev and seeing the discourse yeah. around it all and like how sure. people are going to sure. be unhappy about it and whatever so it's like yeah 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 natalie i'm curious to get your take yeah so so ah uh, the takes that weekend were oof yeah they were <laughs> a lot uh i just Ultimately, I think Twitter is a platform that doesn't allow for a lot of nuance. And I think that we can care both about working conditions and exploited workers, as well as developers who have, uh, you know, dedicated their blood, sweat and tears into this project. And oftentimes they're the same person, right? The same worker who really loves their project and who has poured so much time and effort into it and wants to see it realized in the way that it was intended for it to be is also the person who is exploited in some way um ultimately though it it is sad it is more sad than anything because at the end of the day it doesn't seem to be a disgruntled employee and there's much less grounds for discussion at the end of the day it just seems like a very unfortunate thing that someone was reckless enough to do and just had absolutely no care for the developers who've worked so hard for this and who are working so hard to deliver this uh, in the middle of a pandemic um and it is just really upsetting uh i can only imagine how heartbroken the developers are and how that affects morale in the studio whether you're physically in the studio or at home and connecting through video calls and whatnot and planning um so it's 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 saddening at the end of the day um I sort of, I guess I sort of wish there were more grounds for discussion that we could have had, but at the end of the day, it's just a, more of a tragedy. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's upsetting. And, and yeah. I, I get why people were were quick to run with their narrative because of the investigation and Naughty Dog's reputation in the industry has been as one of the most difficult studios to work for, if not the most difficult studio, at least AAA studio to work for. And I think it's better that we have people caring so much about unionization and workplace exploitation and uh, the workforce of the industry to make a big deal out of something that ultimately wasn't the truth in the end. So I would rather see people care than not, but ultimately that's not what it is, it seems. So Yeah, yeah. It's also like, you know, for better or for worse, like you said, this sort of conversation comes back into the, you know, into the swing of things as a result. Um, but it's unfortunate that we have to talk about these things because of how it relates to leaks or whatever like that. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm also heartbroken for these devs. And, like, yeah, I, I want to see some real change. And you hope that, like, next time something like this happens, unfortunately, it, it feel like it's going to happen uh, somewhere along the line to somebody else. Um, you hope that, like, everyone's not so quick to, to jump to conclusions and like wait for some actual but then again you like see things happen in real life with uh we'll we'll get to some other things in the, in the following s- news stories but it's just like man just wait for the facts uh, do your research don't spread things without verifying them it's just like 
and just mm -hmm. very simple things you can do um, to hopefully avoid something like this in the future. But um, all right, cool. Moving right along. Uh, so Microsoft or Xbox rather tweeted out um, that they're going to give a first look at next gen gameplay from uh, their global development or global developers partners with an inside Xbox on Thursday, May 7th, which is uh, this week, actually. Um, and we got to actually see like the, the logo, which is a very small thing for me. I'm, I kind of like, I don't know, as a sort of design you know. The art student in you. <laughs> yeah, the art student in me is like, look at that logo, man. Look at the typeface. <laughs> um, uh, I'm curious uh, if uh, Cam, as, as a, uh, an Xbox owner, how uh, are you going to be tuning into this thing? Are you curious about like uh, the release leading up to Xbox Series X at all? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm excited for it, but I'll, I'll check it out. Probably I won't. You know, I don't get hyped about this stuff yeah <laughs> like, it's it's really it's really hard for me to get hyped about like get re like truly hyped about like a video game or like the stuff around it i always kind of just wait and hold off we've all been burnt as a kid like you know and you learn to quell your expectations yeah we've like been that, to so. press conferences before uh yeah, yeah. we're not going to be in the it's going to be a whole lot of lights and strobes and all that stuff yeah. but that's that's all cool like it's 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 fine yeah yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's, there's wanted, like but. not much there to really talk about, but I am curious yeah. to like see what they're going to be showing off because I'm like, you know, it's like next gen time. So the hype is sort of slowly starting to bubble up, um, but not much there to have a take on. But so I mean, like, I, don't, I just don't know what showing like gameplay is going to do. Like we've kind of seen it all, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like what... What's the difference between like two years ago seeing Ghost of Tsushima and then seeing if they were to show that now? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like something like mm. that. Like, it's not going to change too much, I don't mm. think. Yeah. You know, besides like cooler gameplay. I don't know. But yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's like, oh, OK, that, that looks really neat. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I don't Natalie, know. Natalie, have any takes or, or comments on the logo? I I do not have comments on the logo. <laughs> I definitely share the same sentiment. Uh, I am a well-known stan of most Square Enix games, and something that Square Enix tends to do is announce things way too early. Uh, so I know better than to get super significantly excited for marketed things because ultimately mm -hmm. they're especially during this pandemic they're prone to delays and changes that i have yet to even imagine so it's hard yeah. for me to get excited but i i am looking forward to uh whatever is going to show up it'll be nice for sort of not just like not twitter specifically but like my friends and general circle of people in the industry to have something to talk about feels like we just need something to talk about to sort of like <laughs> even if it's just to sort of unleash like a, a petty grievance or something it's better than sure. you know going on social media and sort of being a little unempathetic with other people who are also just you know also going through it so i am yeah. excited uh i don't think i don't think there's going to be anything on baldur's gate 3 i think the dev said that the earliest we'll see of it is in june but i am that's i would say the biggest game that i'm excited for for the rest of the year that sounds so cool 
I'm so excited. Right. I've never played a Baldur's game. Me but, neither. Uh, I just really like Larian yeah. Studios. Like I like Divinity Original Sin too a lot. So yeah, I played a bit of that, uh, and uh, that it looks game. great. I'm too dumb for that game, so if y'all could teach me how to play that <laughs> no, game. I played oh, it for I like so bad at video games. Just play on like the easiest mode and it's it's yeah. all good. We yeah. might do that. Yeah, I played it for like an hour and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And the I was characters like, what, what are so <laughs> phenomenal and the writing is yeah. so witty and punchy and just incredible that I'm I have never played a Baldur's Gate in my life. I don't go here, but I'm so excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, word, word. Um all right, moving right along. Uh Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, a game that we briefly talked about a second ago. Uh they tweeted out um the other day um <laughs> this really interesting <laughs> sort of peek at a new faction in um Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and they tweeted out one of Night City's largest gangs, the Valentinos, are bound by a strong moral code and century old traditions controlling swaths of predominantly latino areas of haywood they treat values such as honor justice and brotherhood with deadly seriousness um such a weird backhanded compliment <laughs> like, they're so spicy and they're like yeah they're so, so spicy and rich in tradition yeah, they're yeah. hot-blooded um natalie i gotta ask you what do you think about this Lord. Well, so i have a very contentious relationship with this game before it's even out the only time that i considered leaving the industry was when i tweeted about my problems with its portrayal of Jackie so far and sort of just Latinos in general or Latinx people in general. And, like, the stands just came into my mentions. They were ready to, like, pop off and just, like... And I was, like... This was even before the first demo was released to the public because I went to E3 the year that that they showed the private closed-doors version of it. Mm. Uh, So I... I knew what I was talking about, but of course, I had gamers in my mentions like, nah, you don't know anything. You haven't seen this game that I also haven't seen. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that was, honest to God, the one time that I considered leaving the industry because I was just like, there's, there's just like no fucking point. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I am not looking forward to this game. I'm not looking forward to all the discourse. Uh, much less... I think that even just the discourse, I think it's the praise in spite of all the discourse because it, there are already so many problems that we can see as people of color, like not just Latinos, but also black people and like trans people who have obviously had issues with the game's marketing so far. Like mm-hmm. it is just, I don't know if the team is equipped to handle this kind of setting i think it's a very different setting from the witcher 3 and the witcher 3 succeeded you know because it didn't tackle such a diverse sorry for the laundry uh if you heard that (laughs) um but yeah i'm just i'm very i'm very nervous and i'm not looking forward to this i'm not looking forward to all the white men who will praise this game and not even consider how it will resonate among communities of color and other marginalized communities uh, it's also like a funny name, the Valentinos, the Latinos. Oh, that's so clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about this game other than, and I've written several pieces on my concerns with its racial portrayals, especially with the fact that they like basically showed Jackie getting killed in one of the 
in the last E3 trailer, I believe. And it's like, well, okay, we're okay with like the brutalization of bodies of color just for marketing purposes. And I, I don't know how to feel about it. And yeah, I, mm, I'm very nervous for this game. I kind of like never want it to come out just so I don't have to deal with people talking <laughs> about it. Yeah, I'm. But before I get my thoughts, Cam, how do you feel about this? Uh, I, I feel the same. I mean, it, it reminds me, like, this specific um, example reminds me of, like, what we used to talk about with the Division and their problems with their factions or gangs or yeah. whatever. And, like, you know, just, just the, like, the lack of... It just feels like they don't have enough research or, like, people of color on their team mm-hmm. or, like, women just to ha- add to the representation of, like, hey, this doesn't really ring the way you think it's going to mm-hmm. ring. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, Valentino's is, like, that's so bad. Like, <laughs> it's just lazy. <laughs> like, it's just so, like, lazy. Yeah. Um, I, man. I feel like GTA does a better fucking job of like getting across some of this shit. And it's not you know, really like, a high bar, right? It's like right, exactly. The like, bar you could <laughs> sub zero at this point for AAA yeah. games, and absolutely, they still they're not even like trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I am like super skeptical about this game, and uh, I find that a lot of times as like a black person. I end up talking about like more about like the game play as a way to like like the thing, you know, because it is exhausting just like seeing bad takes on like I mean just even with like Final Fantasy Seven recently, yeah. like just you a lot of times you end up like all right, well let me just move past the thing that's really bu- bugging me just so I can like enjoy the yeah. thing. Um, and it, it's fun to talk about this stuff. It just sucks that, like, the voice, the voices of, it seems like they're the loudest voices, the people that disagree with, um, you know, the marginalized people. Uh, it just, it feels like, you know, you're, uh, I don't know, like, at, at a loss or, like, not um, not being heard. But I find that, like, especially with our show and following, like, the community that I follow, like, that, that that's not the case that uh more people do think like us um and it's just like you know those people just get the loudest like bullhorn or whatever i don't know yeah yeah i'm i'm torn man i like we've talked about this game multiple times over the course course of the show's history and you know like how it doesn't seem like you mentioned actually really eloquently like how it doesn't seem um, well equipped to handle a lot of the things and even just like not even just the themes just like the representation and like the little nuances that are there that like you know that are often overlooked because of you know you look around those rooms I'm sure it's probably not as diverse as this video call is um, so mm-hmm. you know I Cam you bring up a good point also of like the I think we've talked about this before but especially in this industry this just constant need to almost from the other side of things, right? Overlook those things and tell people to shut up and forget that stuff. I, I play games to escape, you know. I, I don't want that in my games. And it's, I feel like for us, we don't have that choice. Um, those things, when we see them in games, 
um, our reflections of our own lives and sometimes more often than not are really poor representations of those things. And, you know, when we take offense to them or when, or when we say, hey, just try a little harder, do a little better, we get, you know, like I'm sure your mentions yeah, were, Natalie. Yeah, we just get, I mean, I saw that firsthand very recently for like the first real time, like, uh, you know, but I think part of my brain is torn because I'm actually genuinely fascinated in this game from like a, like you said, Cam, like a mechanical perspective and the things that CD Projekt Red is capable of on like a, um, you know, levers and pulleys side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also agree that like, I'm not extremely excited to see how certain things are handled or how uh, certain tropes are regurgitated, especially like within the cyberpunk genre, which is like full of racist, sexist, you know, yeah. homophobic, transphobic, whatever you pick it, bullshit. Um, it's going to be tough, right? It's going to be tough because this is one of the things that I'm most likely going to have to cover. Sorry for the noise in the background. <laughs> um, and I feel like it's going to be um, a tough line to to sort of toe, right? Of like, and I think I'm trying to, you know, be uh, trying to do my my best to remain positive and to do what I always say and presume good intent and maybe there's a message in there somewhere deep deep down that is like actually this powerful thing that we were all like oh shit i can't believe it we were all fucking wrong the valentinos were you know whatever right (laughs) but it's probably likely that's not the case based off of like the track history of Mm -hmm. games and it like brings into question once again especially as like you know i know i'm preaching to the choir here but for our listeners it, it brings into question a lot of times even for my own self why I even fucking do this? Like, why am I doing this? Why am I reporting on this? Why am I commenting on these things? Why do I care and love this thing so much that more often than not doesn't give a shit about me? And which is why it's so cool to play games like Treachery and Beatdown City or something or see these new voices start to bubble up. Because I do have faith that there are more of us out there. Maybe not more of us in terms of numbers like majority-wise, but more of us in the sense that like, there are a lot of us out there who agree with what we're saying. And what we're saying isn't radical. It's not anything too wild, out of left field. Um, so I think the continued mission has to be reaching those folks and bringing them into the conversation, right? Because this shit needs to be heard. Otherwise, it's like... But then the other side of it, too, like that gets sort of, you know, very easy to... Um, get discouraged oh. <laughs> that's a metaphor um, yeah that's a metaphor Jesus <laughs> they're, they're, they already heard this we haven't even published this yet um, thank you for muting your mic uh, the other thing that gets easy to sort of be discouraged by is like um, the way these things sell and I'm sure this thing has probably got pre-orders out the wazoo and like, you know, um, these games continue to get rewarded in that sense, right? Because in this industry, it's the money that matters. It's the, you know, return on your investment and whatever, whatever, right? Um, so I am hopeful though. I think that like, you know, we got to keep fighting the good fight in that sense. Um, I will most likely play this game because I, I do think there are parts of it that look genuinely fascinating but I am sort of like very cautious about this overall and like what it's what it's going to be perpetuating, what it's going to be saying, what themes it's going to be handling, whether they be, you know, revolutionary or maybe not. Um, I want to see Keanu, um, oh, you know, the stupid. 
you know, I'll, I'll send you clips of Keanu. Um, I just want to see him all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, yeah. Seriously, um, but, but yeah. This is character Johnny Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Flores. Johnny actually. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, that's right. That's right. But yeah, you hit something that I I think was the source of why I considered leaving the industry before I had much of a start on it, which is like we are, and by we I mean marginalized people, constantly putting ourselves in the direct line of fire with our criticism and our opinions and all the thoughtful nuance that we try to inject in not just our discussions but the culture at large and at the end of the day it feels like nothing will change significantly like at the end of the day this will probably be the best selling game of the year it will be lauded by critics for sure especially white critics and we all know that white men are the dominant voices in this field no matter how loud the marginalized people get and Mm -hmm. it's it's just upsetting and the most depressing thing about what you touched on regarding um what both you and cam touched on regarding uh like paying attention to one aspect of the game so that you can enjoy it, is that we have always had to do this compromise. This compromise is not new in any way. Like, Mass Effect is one of my most favorite series of all time. I cannot play as someone who looks like me because the skin tones are such, like, few and, like, badly chosen. And I, you know, there are so many games that I have had to be like, well, I will disengage from the fact that I am playing as a white woman or as a white man or just someone who doesn't look like me and I will enjoy the rest of it. And so people are always like, well, do you have to see yourself represented to enjoy a game? And it's like, no, because that's what I've been doing this whole fucking time. <laughs> like, that is a compromise I have made this entire time. I have enjoyed so many games where my only option is to play as a white man. That's not what I want anymore, and that's not what we should get at the end of the day. So it's it's so much, and I'm just, uh, I'm not looking forward to this game releasing. Uh, and I know I will probably have to cover it too, but it's to the point that I told... Uh, my editor at Paste, uh, which is where I tend to do reviews for, I was like, I'm not going to cover this game. Like, because I know that there are takes that I could write that are interesting and that can quote-unquote communicate to the culture about what the game is saying about Latinx people or women. But I also value my mental health and myself as an individual, and I will not put myself on the line of fire for a piece that not only will not gain the compensation, the monetary compensation I need as overall journalism is a field that is vastly underpaid for those at the bottom. Um, But additionally, I will not put myself in the line of fire for gamers to just sort of like try to end my career and sort of end me just because I had the nerve to say a very lukewarm take like, hey, maybe, maybe this game should be a little less racist, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, asking for the bare minimum, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah. we just want crumbs, and at the end of the day, we're getting harassed for wanting mm-hmm. those crumbs, and we've been feeding ourselves on those crumbs. It's not like we don't know how to feed ourselves on the crumbs, but we don't want to, and I think that's more than fair. For sure, for sure, for sure. Well said. Word, word. I think we'll just move on from there. Mic drop moment. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. I'm actually going to skip over one story in the interest of time and get right to the... Uh, the last story here, 
which is uh, taken from Kotaku. But um, I don't know if you got a chance to check this out, guys. But Dr. Disrespect's shtick takes yeah. a dangerous turn into spreading cor- coronavirus conspiracy theories. So um, over the past week, uh, during a stream, basically... Um, Guy, Dr. Disrespect Beam, whose 4 million followers make him one of the most popular streamers on Twitch, shared two pieces of widely debunked coronavirus-related media with his viewers. Many viewers reacted with shock and disappointment. Others cheered him on. He never dropped his facade, never removed his trademark wig or sunglasses, but he seemed quite serious. So over the course of this stream, um, he pulled up apparently, or he was reading from articles uh, from The Hill, specifically an opinion piece that was basically like, uh, it was just not great but um he he he, basically i'll take this from the article itself um which also elon musk had retweeted so if he retweets anything definitely don't fucking take that thing seriously but from the article the data is in stop the panic and end total isolation the article published to the site's opinion section argues that it's time to open most workplaces and small businesses with some prudent large group precautions because the virus is only really a danger to a relatively small number of people um, it draws many of its conclusions from a stanford university study that suggested a much lower death rate um, than what is widely believed, but that came under immediate fire from scientists for failing to account for false positives in testing and questionable patient recruitment methods. So in addition to this bullshit, uh, he went ahead and um, basically, I believe, showed off another piece of, um, I I forget, I'm like trying to remember from the article here, but he basically showed off more, um, where was it? Um, oh, here it is. Then Doc moved on to an even less credible piece of media, a viral video in which doctor named Thomas Crown, who is on disciplinary, <laughs> disciplinary probation enforced by the Medical Board of California, makes the widely debunked claim that 5G cellular technology causes COVID-19. Doc did not openly agree with the video, instead saying, quote, I'm going to show something that is not directly related to what I just talked about, something else. But I'm going to show you, along with what I just read, combining the two together, that's what gets me upset. So this is kind of like... Look, I'm just showing you this information. It's up to you to make up your mind. Bullshit. Take what you want from Yeah, me. that yeah. kind of bullshit. If you want but to fall off when, the cliff, feel free to. I'm not going to tell you to do it. Go for it. Look, gravity's right just there. a theory, bro. Yeah, bro. Just, a, just a theory, dog. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, it's incredibly um, alarming because, again, he has 4 million followers. He's got a wide reach. Majority of them, it's safe to say, are probably underage, probably very impressionable minds who haven't really developed the ability to to empathize and all that kind of stuff. Um, Cam, I'm curious to get your thought um, of of you know one of the the people that we really love to hate talking about on this <laughs> fucking podcast. I fucking hate this dude. Like, he's it's the worst gag. I don't. I still don't know how he's around. He's like, white. It hasn't even been a year yet Yeah, since his last bullshit fucking stunt or whatever. And he's just so irresponsible. And I, I just, I just like I, like I said, like I, I don't know how many shows ago, but like how far will Twitch let things go? It, it's the same thing as like, I'm sure that like the, the heads of Twitch are going to be in a uh, congressional hearing soon. Just the same way like Mark Zuckerberg was like to like... <laughs> Figure it out. Like, how long are we going to be allow these people to just spread bullshit? Right. Like, there's impressionable kids on this thing that, you know, it's just a breeding ground for white supremacy. Like, h- how far are they just going to let this thing run rampant? Right. And just, all just so someone, someone can say, oh, I was just joking. It's a, it's a character. Yeah. 
It's not a character for those people. Just like our president right. did when he was like, oh, just inject Lysol into your... Oh, I was just joking. Right. And it's like, wait, where's, where's the limit, you know? Like, totally. there's just the no joke? limit under capitalism. Is that what it is? Because <laughs> yeah. it seems like it is. Yeah, it's it's super... Uh, again, alarming because I was actually at the E three where he walked into a bathroom and then got banned for that, and then you know they brought him, they brought his ass back on because they're like, yo, he makes us a lot of money. And I'll admit too, mm-hmm. like I stream on Twitch and I've like stuff like this and stuff like that in the past has really got me thinking. Like, man, why do I want to fucking support this like this site or this service? Like, it just becomes this constant daily, you know, anxiety filled dance of like. I don't know if I could fucking rock with these people anymore. Like, like Cam said, man, like you're, you're propping up very clearly the, these specific kinds of people because they drawn people from a very particular kind of background. Let's not even like walk around mm-hmm. or skirt around the, the obvious, um, you know, right. stuff here. But Natalie, I'm curious what your take is on Dr. Disrespect spreading coronavirus conspiracies. Just everything that you and other same people <laughs> have been saying. Um, for me, it also frustrates me not just the monetary sort of compensation that an individual like this gets, but he's trending gamer of the year. Like, he won that award, <laughs> and that award will always be with him. And it's like, out of all the incredible people in this industry trying to facilitate change from accessibility to culture and race and feminism and inclusivity to labor issues. Like, this is the kind of person we award the trending gamer of the year to, and this is the kind of person that we keep on our platforms. And yeah, he makes a lot of money, but it's like, I shouldn't expect anything different because again, capitalism, that is how it functions ultimately. For Twitch, the most important thing is that he makes them a lot of money, and I would be surprised if there is a line or something that he can do that will sort of break that for them, at least as long as he keeps making as much money as he does on the platform. Um, But yeah, I mean, I agree with y'all and every other sane person. He's, he's stupid. I, I hate this dude. Every time that he yep. pops up, it's just like it's somehow worse than the last time. And I'm if if for nothing else, I am amazed by his ability to be an even bigger idiot than the last time and to cause even mm-hmm. more harm than the last time. Like first it was racism, then it was a bathroom. Now it's literally spreading coronavirus lies. And I see people defending him on Twitter, like not people that I follow because I know better, but people who have replied to people that I follow and who are better than to laud and celebrate this kind of entertainer or whatever like like what is the limit of an entertainer like where do we draw the line between an entertainer and someone who is spreading lies and spreading harmful misinformation Mm -hmm. like when are we going to hold them accountable and it's like you said i don't stream on twitch or anything but for me it makes me think of the industry at large as i imagine for you too as well like why am I even here if this is the kind of person that gets applauded, that gets the money, that gets the awards, mm. that gets the backing the and the sponsorship and the access and the fame? Like, 
what is the point to any of it at all? That's why I, I tweeted yesterday and it gained some traction. Like, I was like, on top of the racism, top of the sexism, the labor issues, everything that's wrong with this freaking industry, y'all had the audacity to nominate this dude and let him win Trending Gamer of the Year, and you're surprised that he's doing all of this now? Like, uh, it's it's frustrating. It's just yeah. frustrating. Yeah, one of the highlights of the article, too, that I won't get too, too deep into, but I found very sort of like saddening was uh, there's a part in the article where it says he also clarified that he wants people to resume working because he keeps receiving donations from viewers who say they lost their jobs. Yeah. Um, And that person donated $3 just to be like, hey, this is fucked up. And he was like, okay, thank you for your donation or something that I read in the article. Yeah. Yeah, like, at some point, you gotta, like, think to yourself, like, you're a sucker if you're, like, if you're riding with this guy, right? And if you're donating to him. And you have to imagine he's probably aware of this. And, um, and yeah, he's taking advantage of that fact, right? Whether unknowingly or knowingly. It's one or the other. It's like, you're bullshitting me or you're inadvertently tripping into this success and you're just, like oh, I didn't realize I was doing this. And it's like, you know, it's like fool me once, fool me twice type shit. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can talk about this for hours, but in the interest of time and not taking up too much of Natalie's time. No, uh, no, I am will. more than okay. Do not worry. <laughs> All right, cool. So this is going to be a jam-packed episode, everybody. Uh, Cam, I hope you're good too. Uh, um, I'm assuming you're good. <laughs> okay, cool. So... Um, moving right along to questions um are y'all good you need to take a break you want me to just keep rolling with it i'm good good okay cool let's roll let's roll all right let's roll roll out um questions if you have any questions for us please feel free to send an email directly to us at questions at the-optional.com we would love to hear from you um or if you want you can drop them into our discord's questions channel or if you're brave enough uh jump into our anchor profile at anchor.fm slash the optional podcast that guy's on his way that motorcycle that just passed my building is on his way to go (laughs) just pull over go to the anchor app leave us a voice message we got three this week so hey look it's working um all right so danny writes in um also sent us a, a voice message too so he's doing double duty um danny writes in is there a game you remember from your childhood that you've never been able to find again it could be something that you remember playing slash watching um someone play but can't re- can't remember the name of of and haven't been able to find no matter how much you've searched when i was a kid our neighbors had a ps2 and had this pokemon like jrpg where you could draw and create your own monsters to fight out of a clay-like substance the color size of certain body parts etc all affected stats uh to this day i've never been able to find it and it drives me crazy um natalie i'll start with you have you ever found a game or or seen a game and never been able to find it again yes uh the one that comes up to my mind right now is some Nickelodeon game that I got from Blockbuster. And so my dad and I had the routine of going to Blockbuster every week. He would get a movie and I would get a video game. Um, and so that was like a good, you know, like 10, 12 bucks to rent a video game that I planned to spend my week on. And I remember playing this sort of Nickelodeon, I think, game it was this weird hybrid of different nickelodeon ips as far as i remember which is not much uh 
but I beat it in like two hours and I remember being so angry as a child like I was like <laughs> we paid 12 bucks for this and now like this is all that I get I was a toxic gamer so wow. yeah like, just got two hours out of a game uh, I need my money back so uh I can't remember the name of it and I know that it was bad like i had a bad time with it <laughs> and then after two hours that bad time was just no time at all and i was like <laughs> excuse me so at least you yeah. rented it yeah yeah Ugh. rip blockbuster <laughs> yeah you know what it's funny you bring that up but like very quickly i just want to say i miss blockbuster i, I miss, miss being able to like blockbuster. walk into a store and browse genres like on shelves i like, think it was really good for i can i can smell it yes. yeah it's, it's really, I can smell it yeah, right now. And I think it was good for people with anxiety because you didn't have to commit like $60 to this game. Like you could rent it and just sort of play it on your own and be like, oh, this wasn't for me. Yeah. Or if yeah. you really liked it, you could do what I did with the GameCube Animal Crossing, which was never give it back. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did pay for it, though. I paid like a, a late fee. So I was, I'm not a criminal, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So I'll we'll put the phone down. I'm not going to call the cops. Yeah. Um, Cam, what about you? Um, I have a bunch of games like that. Uh, as you know, like during the N64 era, I used to just buy shit on a one. I'm one of those people. If the box art gets me, if the cat, like the, the game quotes, that, that shit used to sell me as a kid. Same. Yeah. Like, oh, best game ever. <laughs> like, I, I'll buy it. Take one, please. Um, <laughs> uh, is that why you have a Superman bunch of them. 64 absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a dumb kid I was like yeah this is obviously the best game ever yeah. um, but there was this fighting game and it was very much like a 3D fighter where you can like the way you move was just so fucking weird and it had this really cool cell shaded um, art style I, I honestly can't describe it any other way, but the characters used to move so slow, but it was for 64, and <laughs> it was just this weird, like, grappling game that me and my brother used to play all the time. I'm sure it's in my mom's house somewhere, but, like, damn, now I gotta go search yeah, this thing. Yeah, I, I need you to search for this thing now. Yeah, I gotta find it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to, like, a list of all the 64 fighting games and just, just find go it. through videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There weren't that many games I haven't thought about console. that in- there was a lot. There was? Oh, shit. There's a lot of games. Well, you got some homework, console. bro. Um, There's a lot of bullshit. Those games were 80 bucks at the time. Oof. God bless my mom, man. Like, right. She used to really... Shout out to our moms for supporting Help us out. Yo, for real. Yeah. Shout out to our moms. Um, also, Discord helped Natalie find out whatever Nickelodeon game that was. Um, yeah. I think for me... Uh, I can't. Re- so the only thing that comes to mind that I actually found out eventually la- years later was a game that I would play actually when I would go visit family in Ecuador with a few times that I would and they'd have like a PC and they'd have like whatever PC games were like popping at the time and they were usually like 2D side scrollers or whatever and I re- distinctly remember as a child playing Commander Keen on a on a PC. Oh shit. So zoomers ask your kids about Commander Keen but um I think it came back to in some form or another, like as an educational game or something very recently. And that's how I actually, I remembered it. It, it like, it came back into the zeitgeist because people were talking about it again. Like, Oh, remember commander Keen? And I had this like flashback moment of like, Holy shit. I completely forgot about this game. Um, so commander Keen's probably the only one, but I don't really remember forgetting like names of games or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah. That's probably the only one. But Commander Keen isn't Commander Keen like related to Doom Guy? 
Oh, probably because like they were lore. both like id games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that makes sense. Um, all right, cool. Our next question comes in from Mo, who writes: Horizons Gate and Ida have made me think about how much I res- how much respect I have for one person games. Stuff like Stardew, Undertale, Oberdin immediately come to mind. Are there lesser known one dev games you're fond of? Um, Natalie, do you have any one dev games that you're fond of? Yeah, Butterfly Soup by Brianna Lee, I believe. Um, it's a visual novel in which you play as like a cast of um, four queer Asian girls. And the writing is so, like the, the humor is similar to Night in the Woods, in which it's very modern and sort of like... Uh, like internet-y and it's and meme it's so good like there's one scene i remember um have y'all heard the the titanic theme song but played in the flute very badly i'm sure you have yeah that yes. is legitimately the background song to one scene in particular it is so good and the writing is so funny the art is great it's a really touching story about not just queerness but what it means to be uh you know a minority in the united states especially if you're brown so it it's a, an amazing game that i really love and as far as i know brianna Lee or Brianna Lay is the only um, developer for it. Cool. Very, very cool. Um, I'm going to check that out. That sounds fascinating. It's um, free. Oh, even better. Yeah, it's on itch.com. So, uh, very, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. It's like a free um, pay what you want to play. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll, I'll throw him a couple bucks. Yeah. Show some love. Yeah. Uh, Cam, what you got? Um, honestly, I, I can't think of anything. Like I was like going through my list of stuff and I just can't think of anything it's that tough. like is like lesser known stuff. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah. all the ones I have are pretty popular. Um, but yeah, I mean like smaller studios, like something like, uh, Edith Finch or something like that. Oh, like, yeah. you know, like those really impacted me. You, you know, like I, I love that fucking game. That game is so good. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I, I want more of those type of walking sims. Same, same. Same. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, just same. I like walking sims oh, cool. like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, the only one I could think of isn't really lesser known. It's just Return of the Oberdin. I mean, Lucas Pope, the goat. Um, I really like Return of the Oberdin recently. I actually haven't played Papers, Please, so don't yell at me in the Discord. I know I have to add that to my queue. <laughs> um, but I will check that out eventually. But yeah, it is kind of cool to see these games actually make an impact and like change things, you know, even if they're just... Ma- I mean, Stardew Valley was like a perfect example of that. I remember when that yeah. came out, it like changed everything. Undertale. Um, yeah. Undertale, uh, yeah. Jeez, yeah. yeah. So Such good games. All right, cool. I uh, got a question from Bo who asks... Do you have any social distancing life hacks? Mine is to always have a bowl of unpeeled boiled eggs in the fridge. Instead of snacking on chips or whatever, an egg is healthier and will fill you up more. It's also ready to be put in ramen, salads, etc. You'll eat them before they ever go bad. Just watch that cholesterol. That's a good, good tip right there. That is a good tip. Yeah, word. Um, uh, Cam, what you got? You got any fun uh, social distancing life hacks? Yeah, uh, don't eat all your cereal in one go. <laughs> I do that. Yeah, it's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't eat all your ramen in one go because I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't eat everything the first day you buy. Them. Yeah, that's my hack. Like literally, pace yourself. Um, I, that's why I don't meal prep because I'll just eat everything. <laughs> so if I have a bunch of a, bo- a bowl full of boiled eggs, guess what? 
You should get like timed locks or something and just like you can't. <laughs> it's like Animal Crossing in real life. Um, also, like I have two other roommates and like our fridge is really small. So like our freezer is just packed with shit, like packed with their shit. So I only have like a, a slot for like a couple of things. So I always make sure there's something in there. Okay. Like I always have, yeah, make sure there's something to replace that thing. Got it. Even yeah. if it's just like a empty cardboard box, just find the Yeah, way. just put it in there, ice cube, whatever it is. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Nice. Uh, Natalie, what, what you got? What about you? Um, I guess mine would be what I mentioned earlier regarding exercise and podcasts or listening to music. Uh, I think it's it can be really therapeutic to do that. Um really the only thing that I tend to do these days besides like my work shift is like stare at walls and I don't think that's particularly healthy for a life hack so I'm definitely not the person to go to if you need advice on how to function during this time because I am not (laughs) functioning like I make a lot of memes on Twitter to try to mask how I'm not functioning but even with the memes I'm very open about not functioning so Listen. That's how it is. That's, that's how it be. Coping mechanism. That's a hack right there. Yeah, that's like how it be. Make so yeah, just make <laughs> memes and use humor to deflect from the existential crisis and perpetual doom of possible death and worse. I don't know. Yeah, I, I felt yeah, that. But <laughs> that was fire. Those, those are bars right there. But yeah, definitely um, exercising and um, doing something that I, fills your brain. I think while exercising, just because. I'm one of those people that, like, I can't... I, I need to have something playing in the background when I do homework or when I write. So, and I think mm. the anxiety that a lot of us are experiencing right now can also make a lot of pro, a, a lot of people prone to needing that. So, um, mm. have something in the background while you're working or exercising or just trying to take care of yourself. Very, very cool. That's a, that's a great uh, suggestion. Um, yeah, mine is sort of, sort of similar, sort, sort of like... Uh, tangentially related I yesterday just or like a few days ago just picked up a book that I'd put down for a long time which is actually my my feeling it this week which I also realized I forgot to mention to you Natalie but oh, that's I our recommendation that's, for the yeah, week yeah you told me okay, earlier so okay, don't cool. worry <laughs> Oof, okay thank god um, but yeah so I'll get into that a little later but I think making time for yourself to um, find quiet moments because for me I just live my life in front of screens, whether it's my phone or my computer or my TV or my laptop or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday in particular, I just like woke up super early, uh, came into my living room, living room, opened the windows because it's been beautiful in Brooklyn recently. And um, I just read a book and I put music on in the background. And I think it's important to also just disconnect too. So um, find time to give yourself that, personal private space and and time and and that quiet time for the most part uh, because I think it's easy to just like get lost in this blur of like different screens windows applications lists emails whatever documents Um, so yeah that would be my one life hack not really a great life hack in terms of like the the boiled eggs things which I think is fire (laughs) but uh, I think it's more of like a mental yeah I need to do it. Um, I don't do that. And I think that's part of why I'm struggling. So I'll definitely keep that in mind a little more, actually. Word, word. Um, All right, cool. So we got three voice messages this week. Uh, Our first one comes from our boy, Jiang. So let's uh, hear what he's got to say. 
What happening guys? It's Jiang Yari no. We out here catching in the M or the L train. You know, by standing, waiting for a fight to stop while I'm on my way to work. <laughs> nah yo, so I really wanted to say I really fuck with um Cam's filling it the other week. Um high fidelity. I watched it um all in one day. Really really cool. It's like the first episode is a bit pretentious, but whatever. Um also, I've been watching Nicky Jam's um, docu-series. He's a like Puerto Rican, Dominican reggaeton single. And he's really good, but the show is like incredible. If you speak Spanish, you definitely should watch it. If you find English subtitles for it, please watch it as well. I think you'll like it. Um, it's on Netflix. All right, peace out. Be safe. Wear your mask. Not a bad recommendation. I actually like started watching that show with Nicky Jam, and uh, the first scene is so intense. And something came up, and I had to like run away and attend to it. But I'm gonna definitely check in on that because that's it. Looked really good. It was like it was like very dramatic and stuff, which I wasn't expecting because he acts in it as well, um, which is very. Yeah, I heard surprising. it was really good. I've yeah? been hearing nothing but good things about it, so I definitely have it, want to put that in my queue. So nice, nice. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. Our next voice message comes from our boy Ren, uh, a.k.a. Ren Coolius in the Discord. Uh, so here's his message. Hey, guys, it's Ren. I have a fun one. Let's say you're at a restaurant that serves your favorite video game with a meal and a cocktail. What would you pair your favorite video game with and why? Thanks again, guys. Take care. I love the uh, additional background music. Really nice touch. I, ex- I expect nothing less from Ren. Uh, shout out to Bloom yeah. Waves, by the way. Go check out that EP. It's on Spotify. Oh, it's, I, th- I think it's on Spotify. I think it's on everything. But um, yeah, uh, Natalie, I'll start with you. Uh, if What is a meal and cocktail that you would pair with one of your favorite video games? Oh, God. So meal, it would probably be something like the like cheese bread rolls that i heat up in the microwave every day or something something that allows me to focus on the game and as for cocktails that's very difficult for me because i actually i like i like drinking but so before this entire pandemic started i started working at fanby and i was like i'll finally have enough money to go to a bar i've never been to a bar or a club and i'm 23 i've lived a very sheltered life and also just financial means and so um going to one of those places and allowing myself to go to those places not just for monetary reasons but also as an introvert is a pretty difficult thing so i was really excited about going to my first bar or like gay bar with my best friend <laughs> once i started earning from fan buy and then like literally like two weeks after i started working there and earning my own like a good amount of money that i I I can save up for the first time in my life. Like, I am not running out of money immediately after I get it. I was so excited to try, like, any cocktail and to, like, you know, get to figure out these drinks and all these things that a lot of adults do that I have not been able to. And then the entire pandemic started. So I don't don't have a very good response to this question, and I am so sorry, Ren. But I will let y'all know when this is all over and who knows how long one of the first things i'm gonna do is go to a bar for the first time and get my own cocktail and but but as for i guess if i had to choose one because that feels like a cop-out i guess um 
Uh, my brain is blanking out, but that I guess like a a margarita or like the way, but the way that Nicaraguans do it, I think the way that they do it, like that they add a lot of like sort of um, I think it's salt or sugar on the like around the cup, and they add like a lemon or something. It's Nicaraguans do food and drinks just really well, and my mom's Nicaraguan, so um, nice. I guess something like that, or like a mojito. Oh no! Ooh. <laughs> Wait, what was the game, by the way? Oh, oh, the game! Oh God, I think I avoided that question—the part of the question—because I don't <laughs> know how to pick. It's between your Automata or The Witcher Three or Mass Effect Three, maybe. I don't know. I just or Undertale or I have a lot of favorite games. Or Final Fantasy <laughs> something like one. It's of, like a sample plan. Yeah, yeah. It's full full course meal. So. I'm very bad well, at narrowing that down. <laughs> definitely don't go back and listen to the episodes where I talk about The Witcher 3. That's all I'm about. Oh, yeah. We kind of shit on oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. I think it has more. <laughs> I am more than okay with, like, for me, that kind of stuff doesn't get to me. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and it deserves its criticism far by yeah. far and large. So, actually, right, cool, actually cool. I will go back and listen to those. Very interested oh, now. Yeah. Oh, no. You're gonna hear me yeah. like just go on rants, like and then this fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, it's, it's not that. Bad. No, it's not that bad. Uh, Cam, what you got? Uh, yeah. So I would do. I would play through the Mass Effect series, right? Ah, intellectual. Specifically two. Yeah, specifically two. Um, because I liked having Jack as a partner. Oh, Jack is so good. Mm. Uh, yeah, Jack was my favorite. Um, intellectual, all around. and then. <laughs> then uh my drink uh i think i would do like a hot toddy because i like to approach that game like i like to be like evil in that game so like i like punching reporters and stuff like that hey uh, talking, to, talking to two reporters what are you, what are you talking about? what are you doing here <laughs> she was she was trying to stop me questioning me about my specter status so she had, had to cash these hands. Yeah. Um, sometimes that that game just let like you don't even mean to punch somebody and then you end up punching them. And you're like <laughs> I I didn't know that was gonna I go that, that far, but too. oh well. <laughs> <laughs> um, the drink, yeah, hot, hot toddy. Nice. Just so I can relax and play, you know, Sip hours and hours. Yeah. And what yeah. meal? And explore the whole galaxy. Yeah. What meal? Oh, what meal? Uh, I would probably do something easy like fries, burger. Ooh. Just so I can like bite, put it down, wipe my hands off. Not too yeah, messy, yeah. you know. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've thought about this a lot. Everybody knows <laughs> your boy's Tetris master over here in my mind. Tetris grand champion, Tetris world champion. Um, so it's Tetris. Um, the meal would be my father's ceviche, which Cam, I know you can attest to, is the greatest of all time. And yeah, I will even, fight you. Quick thing, uh, I think about it all the time. Dude, same. Because I had ceviche recently and I was like, man... George's ceviche is so much better. So much better, bro. So much better. Um, yeah, because, yeah, like, you know, different places and different people do it, depending on where you are, yeah. like Ecuador or Peru or whatever, they do it very differently. Um, but my dad, is it's, like, it's very acidic. It's also, like, um, it's got shrimp in it, like, no, nothing more in terms of, like, you know, seafood or whatever. So it's very, like, simple and minimal in a very, like, Tamayo-like way. Uh, <laughs> and um, with the side... Of my um, grandmother's um, tostado, oh, which is like the God. sort of like 
You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, I'm talking. I know. I'm talking to mm. talking to my people yeah. right here. Cam, <laughs> you both know what I'm talking about. Um, Not an extra. And then the drink. Bit. Like it's yeah, good. it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, um, when this is done, I'm driving straight to my dad's and my parents' oh, house. Please ceviche. pick me up on the way. Yeah, I'll pick we you up, platanos, bro. We'll take a detour. We got churrasco, gallo pinto. Oh, we got you. God, God yeah. damn it. Um, yeah, now I'm hungry. <laughs> and then the uh, the drink would probably be like I'm gonna kind of like skirt the uh, the original suggestion. It probably won't be a cocktail, but it'd probably just be like a nice white wine. Something that, that pairs Ooh, really nicely with the, you know what I mean, with the with that seafood and the the very yeah. acidic vibe to it. So that would be, I mean, I don't know what Tetris game. Maybe Tetris Effect, just to like modernize it. Cause I don't want to force people to play like OG Tetris or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was an excellent question, Ren. Thank you so yeah, much cool for question. calling in. Um, and our final question comes in from Danny once again, and this is mostly for Natalie, but uh, I'll play it. Hey, Paul, Cam, and Natalie. Uh, This is Danny from the Discord. I have so many questions that I'd love to ask this week, but I'm going to keep it to just one. So Natalie has ushered in a blog renaissance for my favorite game, Final Fantasy XIII, which is often considered uh, by a lot of people uh, to be one of the worst games, or at least one of the least popular in that series. So I'd love to hear from her what about it it is that makes it so compelling and that made it stick with her. because I could talk about it for hours. Uh, and also, if you haven't read her piece on Vanille, the character from Final Fantasy XIII from like last week, you should because it's amazing. Um, and then for Paul and Cam, to extend the question to you, do you guys have a game or even a movie in a m- very popular series that like is generally considered to be one of the weaker entries but that you love or is your favorite? Yeah. Oh, that, that was the end of it. Um, yeah, so Natalie, hold on. Before you start, I have the music queued up. Oh, you thought I was joking. <laughs> no, I did not. I knew you were going to be on it. All right. Well, Danny, since you asked, hair flip. Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's definitely one of the least popular entries in the series. But for me, I tried it three times before it clicked for me. And I think it clicked... I know, I'm sure it clicked because of the characters. I think you could have a poorly executed plot, but if you have incredibly compelling characters, that can save a video game story. Or just any story for that matter. Uh, So, for me it was absolutely the characters and the way that this game balances each character so poignantly. Uh, Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy IX are the games that I would say in the series that uh, that tend to... Oh, I'm getting distracted by how good the song is. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me turn it down. I'm like trying to, I'm like trying to like not move my body to... Okay. Uh, but yeah, so Final Fantasy VI and IX are I would say the contenders for the title of the Final Fantasy games with the most balanced cast. Where I think 13 succeeds, whereas those two don't, is that Final Fantasy VI has an extremely large cast that it tries to juggle too many characters at once and therefore doesn't give everyone the attention and the development that they need, especially in an equal measure. Uh, I think 9 doesn't have that problem, but it does introduce some characters late in the game and therefore doesn't provide the development and the depth that they should have alongside the incredible characters that that game has like 
Zidane and Garnet and Steiner. Um, but Final Fantasy XIII from the beginning has an extremely well-developed cast. Uh, even Fang, who is the last person that you get in your party, she's so well-developed and the game uses that uh, that system of breaking people into pairs in order to, to develop them not just as individuals but also as people who have incredibly complex dynamics with each other and those pairs get shifted around and so you see you see the humanity beside in like inherent in these characters which is the fact that we all we all behave differently with different people. Um, so one of the best characters in the game for me is Hope Asthime, who loses his mother at the beginning of the game. And seeing how he sort of grows through his dynamic through uh, Snow, who is the person that he blames as having indirectly led to the death of his mother, and who is a person who thinks of himself as a hero, while Hope thinks of him as a villain, in a sort of sense. Um, and also how Hope's dynamic is totally different from him than with Lightning, who is someone who, for whom family is also very important, but she tends to mask her pain and sort of hide it. She doesn't allow herself to be vulnerable, whereas Hope, if anything, he gets bashed a lot for being um, very open with his emotions as a boy. It's kind of weird how a lot of people are willing to be like, oh, this kid is too whiny when he literally just lost his mother and is a child. But that is a thing that people criticize him for. And just to see his dynamic with both of them and with the rest of the group and just to have that for each character um, and the way that their dynamics play out and play off of each other to create this sort of so someone I wrote a PC gamer article on the cast and so one person was like if this because I said that this is the best cast of a series because they feel like a family and someone was like well, if this is a family, then it's the most dysfunctional, dysfunctional family ever. And I'm like, yeah, that's what family is, right? Like, <laughs> dis yeah. dysfunctional, like, in many ways and parts. So I just think all the characters are so realistic and so complex. Um, and it's a level of nuance that I didn't get from the party in Final Fantasy XV. Um, but thirteen just really nails it. Um, just an equal balance of men to women in the party, amazing music, the best soundtrack in the series, as you can tell by the background music, uh, and just a fantastic cast that has stuck with me and will probably still stick with me for the rest of my life. So gotta find the beauty in that. And as for, I know the other question is uh, directed at Pong Camp, but I will rep Dragon Age 2 as uh, a weaker entry in the series, but one that I love in the Dragon Age series. Okay. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Cool, that that concludes your Final Fantasy XIII uh, check-in yeah. update, courtesy of Natalie Flores. <laughs> Thank you for uh, providing us with that. Um, all right, cool. Uh, Cam, what you got? You have a uh, game-slash-movie in a series that is generally considered to be weaker, uh, but you still love? Uh, yeah, I, I think I kind of mentioned it earlier, but like Mass Effect 3 was one that a lot of people hated. <gasps> you love um, Mass Effect 3? Basically, yeah, yeah I, I think it's a yes. great game. I mean, the ending, you can have your opinions about, but that's the only thing that's really mm -hmm. shaky about that game. That game is awesome. Really good. Even, I'm going to say it here, Andromeda's not that bad either. What? Story-wise, it's terrible. Yeah. Andromeda is not that bad. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. You're right. 
Yeah, it could have been way worse. Been way worse. Um, at least it was fun to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I can play bad games. I'm uh, and enjoy them. I low key uh, resent the both of you right now <laughs> for putting both Mass Effect three and Final Fantasy thirteen on my queue of games I have to get to. Um, but actually, Wait, you didn't. Oh, you didn't finish. So I yeah, I got off the boat at. Uh, Mass Effect 2. Also, shout out to Chase again. Um, wrote an oh, amazing yes. piece on Mass Effect that I'm going to yes. link into the newsletter this week that you have to read. It's so good. Um, on militarism. But yeah, so I got a... F- What's on up? militarism and Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so yeah. good. Um, thank you for selling it. I, I didn't... I didn't <laughs> it. Um, yeah, no, so I... Um, I'm. I got off the boat at two, and then thirteen. I also remember Final Fantasy thirteen. My brother got it at the time for like I think Xbox three sixty mm-hmm. or something. I remember that being a big deal. It was like, yeah. oh my god, Final Fantasy is on Xbox now. We were like, our little brains are like, what? <laughs> um, we were like shook. So um, yeah, hearing you both uh, talk about these games now made me like, god damn it, now I gotta mm-hmm. play these games. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. Um, I don't have any like. I mean, I, I I have some like questionable taste when it comes to games uh, on occasion. Um, but just to like the first thing that popped into my mind because he said it could also be a movie um, was something that we actually talked about in the Discord very recently, which is um, I will defend the Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, um, because first of all, it was the first one directed by Justin Lin, and basically saved the series and provided a whole different like story arc for even the the movie to follow after the fourth movie which was a flop um that's when they were like you know what let's just go back to this tokyo drift style shit um so that's my weird uh pick for this question i don't have a video game one unfortunately but um i don't know i'll, I'll think about it i'll think about it for maybe even next week or Paul's probably basically into the saying Discord. that me and cam have the questionable taste but Paul has <laughs> the correct taste. There's just no video listen, game series that he would that this listen, applies to. I don't lie. Right? <laughs> I, I tell no lies. He makes great choices. Yeah, I make great decisions. Singly, all right? This is Mass Effect uh, Three standphobic. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes. God, I'm outnumbered here. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. Jumping into feeling it for the week. Feeling is where we take one thing that we absolutely love, like this motorcycle outside my building, uh, that we've stumbled across from the past week that we think is worth sharing. Um, Cam, I'm actually going to start with you because I still haven't watched this yet, and I've been hearing nothing about it. But uh, tell us about the last dance. Uh, yeah, so The Last Dance is a new docu- new-ish documentary. It's been out for a couple weeks now um, about the 97-98 Bulls uh, and uh, that last season of play, which was like a big season for Michael Jordan, which, which he was like going to be leaving uh, the franchise at that point. Um, and the series basically talks about what led up to that season and the individuals that were involved and all the relationships that were either made or broken throughout the decade before. Um, And it's just fascinating because Michael Jordan is, I mean, I'm going to say it as fact. He's like the greatest player of the sport of all time. It's like, you can just back it up with stats, video opinions. It's just, feel how you want about the guy 
um as I a Nick fan do. like growing up yeah I fucking uh, hated my, him, my dad hated him you know like it, it was really hard to see him crush us at all times um but this documentary is just so well made and it gives you a glimpse into uh his personality of how like wild of a guy he was and you know a little bit they start talking about now like there his gambling and his alcohol intake and the mm. team the uh, flu they've, game. they've been the flu game um which we know now was just a massive hangover um <laughs> uh, but yeah it, it's just so phenomenal because it, it goes into like the the key players of that core team um so like they jumped into like um scotty pippen and his background coming into the league they went into dennis Rodman, which was last week's episodes uh, and though that one was my favorite so far, there's only four episodes out so far. They've been releasing them two at a time. Uh, so today, actually, well, so you guys are hearing this. So yesterday, they just released another two episodes, mm. and I'm, I'm sure those is just just as good. Um, but th- this thing is so phenomenal. The music is really well made. The interviews are just so good. Michael Jordan is such a dick. Like <laughs> he's, uh, oh man, like he's so unlikable, but that makes him likable in a way. Like. Mm. Just his interviews and like hearing the way people revere him, especially the greats that came before him, like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, and you know, uh, it's just it's just really cool, really That's cool awesome. to see, and it makes me miss basketball so much. <laughs> yeah, like same. I need, I need, yeah, it's you know my favorite sport, but it's it's really fun. Even if you're not into like basketball, like just seeing the skill level and especially that era of basketball was just something special. Oh yeah. Um, that I don't think we'll ever be able to see something like that. So it's this cool, like, kind of artifact to see that um, the way they played and just how young and strong these guys were is just incredible. And like yeah. some of the stories are just so inspiring. Like Dennis Rodman, like him being homeless to going to college to like getting on this team uh, in Detroit and then eventually making his way to Chicago. Just crazy. It's hmm. just it's really dope. It's really dope. It's definitely worth a watch. Nice, it's gonna nice. go down as one of the best like basketball documentaries of all time. I gotta like, check that al- out. Along with like the thirty for thirty stuff, like yeah, I don't know if you've ever watched those documentaries. Oh yeah, but, oh yeah. Oh man, it's it's so good. That's awesome. I'm I'm super looking forward to jumping into that because I like I've been hearing nothing about it. And on Friday we actually had a video call with all of our friends and yeah. uh, hearing them talk about sports for like hours. I was just like, <laughs> wow, it's so cool. I wish I knew as much yeah. as y'all. Uh, it, it's just it's really fun. Um, but yeah, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Sweet, sweet. Um, Natalie, what you got for us? So I wrote Killing Eve uh, for my feeling it uh, for this week. Uh, I didn't like find Killing Eve this week, but I did find it sort of in the last month or so. And I have watched it twice, once on my own and once with my best friend. So I imagine as far as things that I've dedicated my t- a time and attention to during quarantine... This really wins for the most part, aside from Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, so <laughs> Killing Eve for me is interesting because it's sort of like the uh, the queer woman version of Hannibal, which I didn't get to finish, but I got to the third season and it was fantastic. And I think Hannibal is objectively the better series, um, mostly because Killing Eve does something very interesting in which it's on its third. It's on its third season, um, and each season is directed by a different woman. 
which is really cool in one sense because obviously more opportunities for directing for women but on the other hand it does lead to a more disjointed and less cohesive vision of what Killing Eve should be so the seasons feel pretty different from each other uh the first season is still largely the best for most people and I'm inclined to agree uh but at the end of the day it's like I love watching it I love every Sunday um it's gonna air today so I'm very excited uh so like even if the quality isn't like you touched on earlier I can like and I don't think this is a bad show by any means but I can like things that I know aren't of the quality that I would ideally like but that I like for other things like this show is like super unapologetically queer and it's leading women are incredible and uh the serial killer is hot like she's great and she's funny and uh, Eve is wonderful and they're both really gay with each other and that's kind of all I want right now (laughs) so yeah so it's like each episode this season isn't up to the standard that I would like um but at the end of the day you know it's just important to like what you like and to find enjoyment in things even if they're not like oh of superior quality or something like just enjoying it is more than enough and honestly my standards for tv shows are gay and uh interesting or if they're documentary (laughs) sorry documentaries that they're like true crime murder documentaries and my standards are being met here in a lot of ways there's gayness there's uh murder there's detective work there's drama and so i'm i'm pretty good just find what you enjoy (laughs) and it doesn't have to be the best thing ever but as long as it makes you happy yeah that's awesome that's beautiful um yeah, I've, this is the second time this week I've heard about this show, so I'm going to add this to the queue as well, along with everything <laughs> else that Cam has been recommending me for the past like month. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is awesome. That, that's that's great to hear. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying uh, Killing Eve. Also, shout out to Sandra O. Um, okay, cool. So uh, mine is pretty quick. I, I kind of referred uh, referenced it a little a little while ago, but it's Creative Quest. It's a book by Questlove, actually. Questlove, the... Uh, the notable uh, legendary drummer from the legendary Roots crew, um, and also you know I guess house band for the for the, for the Tonight Show at this point. Um, but for those who don't know, uh, the Roots are an incredible band who've had an incredible career that spans decades and started like right in my childhood for the most part. So I got to sort of like I followed them as I got older, and and especially someone like Questlove who I find. Uh, incredibly fascinating as a, as a creative person, as someone who creates and dabbles in different things and has has his hands in different pots is kind of how I like to also operate, oddly enough. Um, so I find a lot of parallels with the way, or I, I find a lot of inspiration from him and, and the way he sort of, you know, just sort of thinks and finds things fascinating and tries to understand. And um, the book is pretty much about that. It's about the creative processes of creative people. So um, he, it's so weird. He'll just like, in a chapter be like yeah and then all of a sudden I like picked up the phone and called D'Angelo and then I'm like yeah and then I'm like and then one time I like ran into like Jay Dilla and I'm like what is going on um and it's really cool he, he kind of breaks down it's, it's less of a how to be creative book and it's more of a um this is how creative people are creative in their own creative ways and it's um it's fascinating it you get you get to see how his own um 
sort of like perception of what it is to be creative or, or what art sort of means and what it can do gets challenged constantly and you see how like the greats like Stevie Wonder or like Pharrell work and it's like just little kind of case by case um, examples of, of different scenarios and it's it's so much fun to read and it's it's very enlightening and it's very inspiring it's it's made me want to like pick up some old hobbies or inject more life into my own already existing hobbies so and creative outlets in general they don't always have to be something that turns into like a brand or whatever mm -hmm. um sometimes you just like kind of have to create because mm -hmm. for me especially it's like i i need to create it's like it's not it's not like a choice it's just like i need to do this thing so mm -hmm. it's fun to, to sort of see how other people who also have that you know need deep down and also how like you know, you'd be surprised. You probably have that need too. If you're listening to this, um, audience listener, um, and you think to yourself, Oh, I'm not creative though. I was never good at this. I was never good at that or whatever. Um, it's, it's cool to just sort of get those, um, tips and those, that sort of advice from people that you hold in high esteem. And, um, I think it can be really rejuvenating in a lot of ways. So, uh, yeah, it's creative quest. It's a book. You can probably, I would even say get the Libby app and, um, if you don't have uh, a library card, um, just try to see if you can figure that out. I'm sure there's like some way to get that done. I'm not entirely sure. Probably not. But it's probably easier now to do it. Probably right. Yeah, they're, they're probably giving out uh, cards. Yeah, for free or something. I mean, like for make it easier for everybody. yeah. Because with the Libby app, you can just like use your library, your local library, and get eBooks sent to your phone or your Kindle or whatever it is, your laptop even. Um, so, yeah, check it out. It's really, really good. And I, I'm I'm doing the old boomer version of it. Where I'm reading the paperback and I'm like highlighting things <laughs> and like I haven't done that in a long time. But it's it's been kind of nice to do that just to like get back in the habit and you know just brush up on some stuff. Um, have you um, been listening to his live streams with his DJs for like I did. I did. Uh, and they're so good. Yeah, he's, he's a really good like entertainer. Have you I seen the like, uh, Jazzy Jeff one? Uh, no, I haven't seen any of his newer ones. Man. I, I love his sets though. He's yeah, because you put me on. Yeah, yeah, you put me on and I'm like, sure. oh my God. The, the He did one like post-quarantine because he actually uh, like got knocked. Uh, he, he got like he was bedridden for like two weeks uh, yeah. with coronavirus. Um, and thankfully he recovered and he's, he's good and well now. So um, yeah, three solid recommendations this week. I'm really proud of our selection here. Yeah, um, for sure. All right, cool. So man, this has been the longest episode we've had in like <laughs> making months, history, probably. Natalie. You made history, Natalie. Wow. Uh, I felt like you've been doing this show for like years oh with us. God. Yeah. Uh, we're... Um, so before we wrap up the show, um, how can the people uh, keep up with you and follow your online exploits and all that good stuff? Yeah, so you can listen to me talk about Final Fantasy endlessly on Twitter. So my username is Hardimesia. That's hard I M E C I A. Uh, on weekends, you can find me posting at fanbyte.com. Uh, I'm also a contributor to Pace Magazine, so I will post two articles uh, per month there and I am at various other places under normal circumstances without a pandemic uh, but I'm working on it but for now Twitter yeah. and Fanbyte are the most reliable places you can find me word word also excellent uh, online publications I've been following them for years and uh, been a fan of yours for a while so definitely go follow Thank her so read, read her stuff because it's, so it's incredible yeah, of course, of course. Keep up the excellent work. Um, 
And thank you again for being on the show. No, seriously, seriously appreciate it. Yeah, for like, real. It's been so, yeah. so fun to chat with y'all. And I, I have fun chatting with all my friends and wonderful bosses that I have at Fanbite and whatnot. But it is specifically cathartic to talk to people who I know have like my same concerns and who look like me and who have backgrounds like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just have this space where we can talk about that openly and not just talk about it and, you know, have... Uh, people agreeing but just like being able to relate those experiences i think is so important especially in this very white industry so yeah yeah for sure for sure That's thank fair. you for everything you do man keep keep up no, the great work y'all. as always thank you <laughs> um cam how can the people find you online uh you can catch me at cappy can't lose c-a-p-i-c-a-n-t-l-o-s-e on twitter and instagram what nice. about you um, I'm at Paulie Mayo, P-O-L-I-M as in Mario, A-Y-O. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and, and Twitch. I promise I won't spread any false coronavirus conspiracy <laughs> theories. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions or comments, send them over to questions at the-optional.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also send us questions and talk to us in our amazing community on Discord. Find a link to our Discord over at theoptionalpodcast.com and, and come on in. Talk to us. We're, we're yes. super, super cool and chill, laid back and everybody's been amazing i love the discord so much making me proud um while you're there sign up for the weekly newsletter at the for weekly uh, expanded show notes with links to the things we talk about and even the articles that natalie wrote and, and some things we've referenced so it'll all be in there like a little expanded menu so you can you know click links uh, please be sure to subscribe we're on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher anchor and spotify we're on pretty much every podcast catcher out there if you could take a minute to rate and review the show though on apple Podcasts, that really helps us spread the word please please yes. please help us out really appreciate that and if you want to take it even further you want to show your support even further you can do that by going to our anchor profile at anchor.fm slash the optional podcast which i forgot to put in my show notes <laughs> and click the little supporter button where you can donate to help us keep these lights on i wanted to shout out the supporters so I'm starting this week we also got a new subscriber so thank you to Charlie you really really appreciate it shout out to Charlie Mark Suhai Bree John Michael Murray and uh, or Murray and Jesse thank you for helping us keep these lights on seriously cannot thank you, thank you enough it really helps go a long way to help pay for a lot of things because uh, sure. you know it goes a long way um, and as always we're on the we're on Twitter we're on the Twitter at optional NYC if you want to keep up with us um, and you know Definitely take part in our 100% serious polls. Like, uh, you know, who would you rather have? Kick you in the head, Tifa or John Lee? Um, and our show's music is by the one and only Levi Pack. You can find him on Twitter at underscore L-E-V-I-P-A-C-K. So until next time, everyone. Peace. Peace. Bye.